Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Good morning, everyone. Happy Friday Eve. Happy Thursday from the Opening Drive on 101 ESPN. It's 7 o'clock. Your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. Brooke Grimsley is here. Kerry Davis is here. I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us for the next three hours. Brooke, how are you doing? Good, good. Really feeling great. I'm sure we're going to talk about the Pavel Buchnevich hat trick. That happened yeah. oh, last yeah, that, night. That's yeah. the biggest story yeah. of, the, big, of the Blues game, big, right? Big, big, big story. <laughs> knows By the way, CD, have you noticed that Brooke is just all in on the Battle Hawks? Yesterday, it's an yeah. XFL cap. Oh, my God. With the, the Kaka hoodie going, I'm proud I of need you. A, I need to get some updated swag. But yeah, <laughs> yeah, for those who can't see, I'm wearing my Kaka sweatshirt. Kaka is the law. Yes, yeah. it uh, is. So people that have Kaka stuff or Battle Hawks, Brooke Grimsley is here. You are listening, and she will be more than happy to sport your gear. Yes. Gary Davis, how you doing, man? I'm doing wonderful, sir. How are you? Good. I remember that one time you showed up on the internet and said, I fully intend to play for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Yeah. This year. And then you did. I, I did. <laughs> that, that generally, when you say you're going to play somewhere, you know, as <laughs> long as all parties are in agreement, <laughs> usually it's how it works Just out. need to get everybody on the same page. Takes a while, though, Randy. Here's what we have coming up on this program. Greg Amzinger is going to join us at the bottom of this hour. John Kelly from the Blues booth in the 8 o'clock hour. And then our Blues insider from the Athletic, Jeremy Rutherford, coming up at at 9.15. It's the first round of the NCAA tournament today. Uh, good luck to our friends from Grand Canyon University. <laughs> Did you see this? They're playing Gonzaga in Denver. They forgot to bring their clothes. They forgot oh. to bring their warm-ups. Well, so they don't fly chartered ordinarily. It's GCU. So yeah. uh, they had some confusion as to how their gear, all of their bags, all of their warm-up stuff, all their basketballs, were supposed to get to Denver. Hmm. Fortunately, the head coach at GCU is Bryce Drew. His brother ah. is the head coach at Baylor, Scott Drew. They're both in Denver in the NCAA yeah. tournament. So Scott Drew says, you know what? We'll hook you up. We'll take care of you. There you go. And then eventually, I guess, all of the GCU stuff will get there. But both Nike schools, so... They got they, they got enough yeah. to practice and, and warm up in. They, they, warm, they warmed up. They practiced last night in Baylor gear. <laughs> Grand fine. Canyon. The yeah, Lopes I mean, from Grand Canyon University. Okay. Hey, those so kids bad. can pretend. They can, they can go on the internet and take pictures and say, I actually got signed to Baylor. <laughs> exactly Are they right. going to have a Great Britain moment where it's just like some hodgepodge jerseys? Hope not. I hope not. Like the like the uh, the YMCA, you yeah. know, just a little 
pullovers, jerseys that you wear <laughs> exactly. that flip right. colors in, yeah. <laughs> right. with the sticker numbers yep. on them. Yeah. And so those two will be playing, I, I think, tonight in the NCAA tournament. Uh, Gonzaga is playing Grand Canyon. So that's one of the fun stories of the NCAA tournament so far. One of the fun stories here locally, not great that the Blues lost 8-5, to five, but it was kind of fun last night. Uh, the Blues taking on Minnesota scored the first goal. Pavel Buchnevich just 4.43 into the game. Later in the first period, Jan Eriksson Eck, Eriksson Eck scored to tie it, and then the Blues' new sharpshooter, Sharp Shot. Piranha, head of steam. He's in. He shoots. He scores. What a play! He changed speeds. He put it into fourth gear and roofs it for a power play goal. Two to one Blues. Five fifty to go in the first period. Vrana made it 3-1 to one before the first period was up, but then the second period started. Uh, <laughs> four, is it, they're still yeah. playing the second period, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. 454, John Klingberg scores. 605, Oscar Sundquist scores. Uh, 652, Shaw scores. Butchnevich is able to retaliate a little bit for the Blues, but at the 1225 mark of the second period, this game started. And here, we go, here we go, here we go, here we and go. And Bennington's going after Hartman with a stick. And here we go. Here comes Flurry. Here comes Flurry. Yeah, He's coming there he down goes. on Bennington. Flurry's Bennington. coming all the way down. Flurry's Flurry Bennington. looks at Bennington. Yeah. You gotta let go. Oh Let's go. Gosh. You gotta let him go. Holy fight. And a linesman won't let Flurry get in on Bennington. Bennington was willing to go. Oh, and the crowd has gone bonkers. And you know why? Because the crowd should have gone bonkers for another reason. And the National Hockey League, Gary Bettman, this is on you. The officials in the league office, this is on you. You have ruined your sport because we missed out on this. Chase got in a swing and Cummins went flying to the ice. And Jim Cummins get into a great fight. Now Probert's going to go with Lowry. Everybody goes. Then Zombo and McCrimmon. And everybody pairs up. It's out of control. McCrimmon's down on the ice. Zombo. Here comes Shovel Day. He'll be thrown out of the game. Shovel Day. Now Joseph gets into it. Curtis Joseph grabs Shovel Day. And the two goalies go at it. Ahead and Joseph with three great rights to Shovel Day, and we've got some terrific fights going on. We we had a rule at Illinois, so you know we lost a lot of games, and we would go to the bar after the games, and people would be talking. And our rule was we're not going to lose twice in a day, so <laughs> <laughs> we might have lost earlier today. Uh, we're not about to lose again. So let me tell you, you're going to feel all the pain that we felt from mm-hmm. earlier in the day. Just leave us alone. That I, I'm all for it. You you can't lose twice. The Blues go. were going to lose the game. You can't lose the fight. No. It's just just the, the, the rule. And the officials need to let them fight. You need to let... Uh, that's like the essence of hockey. This is legendary. Yeah. If Flurry and Bennington are allowed to go at it, people... This was at the old arena, which closed in 1994. And we're still... Every Blues fan that was around then knows about Shovel Day versus Joseph. If you're hockey, you've got to let that play out. And you've got to let guys express their emotions and get that stuff out of their system. They're still testosterone laden. They're still going to to get into it. 
Yeah, I TNT needs to cut Jordan Bennington a check because I I mean after that happened, viewership had to have skyrocketed mm-hmm. to see what was going on there. So the whole sequence was interesting as well. Even five minutes right before that, Bennington and the wild uh, the Wilds bench guy, they were kind of chirping at each other. And then Ryan Hartman being Ryan Hartman, and even Bennington said this. Mm-hmm. They all knew what was going on there. Hartman, of course, kind of bumps him. And he said afterwards, look, I did do that on purpose because I know who Bennington is. I want to get in his head. Bennington didn't have anybody really helping him. And then he goes after Hartman, which leads to all of that. Why the linesman stopped that Mark andre Jordan Bennington fight, I have no idea. I don't think that I was ever expecting to see those two get yeah, in a fight either. That was surprising. Flurry just kind of put his mask down very calmly. I don't mm-hmm. know if that's a good or a bad thing. You don't want to fight that guy. I don't know. He, it was very calm, very laid back. It didn't seem like he was really angry, but... Mm-hmm. Again, that that could go one of two ways. It could be really good, or he could be really bad and 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 knock some people's head, heads off. And, and Brooke, to your point, I was we were talking about this off air earlier. One of the things that I I talk, I see it, I said it before. When our team gets to the front of the net, you'll have five, four or five opposing players pushing, shoving that player after the whistle is blown, mm-hmm. getting him from in front of the from from in front of their goalie's net. When our uh, goalie has players in front of the net and they run into him, bump into him, we don't have that same type of intensity. And so Bennington is the one guy that is going to protect himself if no one else is. When when Hartman hit Bennington, Justin Falk looked at him and just kind of started to skate mm-hmm. away until Bennington went over there and shoved him in the face. And so if I'm the, 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 the goalie and I've been working my butt off, we've said all year that this is the best player on the team. He's done the best job consistently throughout the entire year. If you don't have guys that are going to have your back, push guys around, punch guys in the face because your guys get mm-hmm. punched in the face when they do the same thing, I can understand his frustration. He's not he's not going to say that, but there is has to be a level of frustration when you don't feel as protected by your guys as you see other goalies protected by their guys. And since the Blues traded Ryan Reeves and then let Pat Maroon walk, they really haven't had that guy that is the protector. And when uh, Doug Armstrong went out and signed that free agent from the Kings a couple of years ago, but he didn't do anything. He was, but but it, Armstrong mentioned when they signed him, Remember, he was number 13. Uh, uh, the text line is open, 314-399-9646. The, the guy that was with the Kings Stanley Cup championship teams. Anyway, the Blues, my point is, don't have anybody that's going to provide any retribution yeah. when somebody takes a shot. And by the way, it's not just going to be Jordan Bennington, because you know if you're Minnesota, if you're any team playing the Blues, you can run Cairo, you can run Thomas, because nobody's going to bug you if you do. And that's uh, that's not how sports are supposed to go. No, your best player are supposed to be protected. It, it, there should be a Kyle a, Clifford was the guy. There should be a a a unknown rule that everyone knows. Don't touch him. Don't bother mm-hmm. him. This person is off limits. If you threw it, Albert, you knew the next inning one of your guys was going to get hit. It's just the rules of the game. Your your stars have to be protected, and there isn't really anyone on this roster that is a protector. I was with Tony Twist a couple of weeks ago, and I had him tell me the story about the game in Detroit where Martin Lapointe is running guys, and he said first I, I two hand Lapointe, and you know Lapointe's just a knucklehead, mm-hmm. and it got to the point where Twister had to go to Scotty Bowman and say, look, settle 25 down or 19's career ends tonight. And 19 was Steve Eisenman. And that's what you need. You need to have somebody with that sort of cachet. And by the way, we didn't see, uh, Twister made the point. He said, 
Scotty Bowman never put 25 out on the ice again yeah. that night because yeah. he knew that if 25 was out on the ice, somebody going to die. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's 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 the the rules of the game. It mm-hmm. just has to yeah, happen. Un- you got to protect your guys. You, I, I want real quick. Yeah. I'll tell you one story. When when Troy never said anything. Troy was one Troy of the Palomalu. Troy Palomalu was one of the most quiet. But when Troy raised his voice, if Troy <laughs> said choice words, that entire defense turned into a pack of hyenas. They turned the light bulb turned on and they went nuts because Troy don't bother anybody. Troy is out here just hitting people, doing his job. Hey but if you upset, <laughs> hey guys, hey, 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 Brooke, hey, hey, Randy, how you doing? You good? Everybody good? Okay, good to see you guys. If you get Troy upset and he speaks loudly, then the entire defense goes crazy. Well, you also have to tip your hat, though, to Braden Shin because he did go mm-hmm. after Ryan yep. Hartman after that because I think Braden Shin is, can be that guy sometimes and he will stick up for his teammates. So I like that he did that. I think that's another reason why that they have really elevated Tyler Tucker's role at time, too, because we've seen many times where he will go after guys and stick up for his teammates as well, too. And that's something that they're needing and they're lacking as we're talking about. But Jordan Biddington too amping up the crowd as he, as he's getting pulled away. <laughs> I mean, the linesman robbed us. And guys, it was wrestling night. Ric Flair was yeah, in the building. Why would you not let it happen on national TV? I asked a blues executive since the trades of Tarasenko and O'Reilly, since the end of the trade deadline, I said, so what would you rather have the team do? Would you rather have it win or would you rather have the draft pick? And I was told, you know, that's a tough question. I'd rather have an entertaining loss and get the pick. We're going to remember last night. That's yeah. an entertaining loss, but it gets the Blues a bit closer to the draft pick. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I mean, Bennington always gives us moments. Yeah, I mean, yep. we had last year with Nazem Kadri as well. I mean, <laughs> yeah, the water bottle. <laughs> yes, and, the water and, bottle and, game. And, that's something else. You have to think about Bennington missed time because he got injured because mm-hmm. someone ran into him. Yeah. When you're in that vulnerable position, that always stays in your mind. So if guys get close to your legs, to your knees, to whatever, and you could potentially be injured, you're going to respond. This is not this that that probably triggered him. Like, don't touch me, don't come near me, because I know what can happen when people do. Yep. The Cardinals beat the Mets yesterday by a score of four to one. Ryan Helsley with a perfect inning. Carlson and Yepes both one for three with an RBI. Mason win 0 for three. He's down into the two seventies now. Alec Burleson and uh, Moises Gomez both went one for four. We mentioned the NCAA tournament. Mizzou takes on Utah State today, twelve forty. The Fighting Illini, ILL, I-N-I. take on Arkansas at 3.30. The first game at 11.40 this morning with 13th seeded Furman taking on number 4 seed UVA. Sad news from the World Baseball Classic. Edwin Diaz was celebrating with his team after saving Puerto Rico's victory over the Dominican Republic. And he was jumping up and down. And it kind of looked like Kendris Morales a few years ago when he celebrated yeah. that Grand Slam yeah. at home plate for the Angels and knocked him out for a couple of years. Edwin Diaz had to be wheelchaired off the stadium, and it does not look good for the Mets' closer. Yeah, that that was such a sad moment because, one, that was a huge game. That was a game that I was really looking forward to because you know just the rivalry and the competition between Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic, and then they get through it. 
fantastic game. And then you have that celebration. And then all of a sudden seeing the players stop yeah. was chilling. It really was. And then to see Diaz being carted off that way, even his brother was there. He was crying. The players were crying for him because they know how serious this is. And you just don't like to see that happen, especially right before the season starts Terrible. as well, too. And poor Yachty. I mean, yeah. Yachty's trying to manage a Puerto Rican team to as far as they can go yeah. in the WBC, and he loses his closer, too, they, th- in that fashion. Yeah, I think when things like that happen, non-contact injuries, it's my mind says that at some point your body is going to give out and it's going to happen at any – at some point it just happened right then. I, it's nothing that anyone can do. It's no one's fault. He was jumping up and down. He's done that 100,000 mm-hmm. times in his life. That There was nothing – his body just had a point where it just said, okay, this is it. Whatever the injury is, it looks like a knee injury, the way that they're holding his leg and, and carting him off. Um, so we'll see. I don't think I don't think that's a calf or a, a an Achilles, maybe an Achilles, who knows. But it's a lower leg injury. It, it will go hockey style, lower and, leg yeah. injury. And it's something that was probably going to happen at some point anyways. Two NFL quick notes for you. The Bengals have signed Orlando Brown, a four-year contract and a record for guaranteed money for a left tackle, $31 million. And Aaron Rodgers said yesterday on the Pat McAfee show that he fully intends to play for the New York Jets. We'll talk about that as this show goes along, but we're off and running. Coming up, get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line, 314-399-9646. That's 314-399-YOHO. Coming up next, we've got Sick of It on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time for Sick of It here on 101 ESPN. Why'd you say you got to do it there? Why'd you say Sick of It? Sick of It. <laughs> There's stuff I'm just sick of. Okay, so uh, here is my sick of it. And I get that our friends at the Mothership have to talk about quarterbacks. That's kind of like what they do, who they are. They think that the NFL is just based on one player per team, and that's the quarterback. Cowboys, Lakers, quarterbacks. Yes. That, on repeat. Rinse and repeat. Brooke and Carey, I am sick of the suggestion that... A, Aaron Rodgers could be back for the Packers, or B, that Lamar Jackson won't be back with the Ravens. Just sick of it. Come on, let's use some logic, Mothership. Okay, you've got 32 quarterbacks. You don't have to focus on these two. We know that Aaron Rodgers is not going to play for the Packers. I can tell you that from here in St. Louis. I'm not in Green Bay. I'm not in Bristol, Connecticut. I'm not in New York. But I can tell you this. Aaron Rodgers ain't playing for the Packers. I can also tell you this that Lamar Jackson is playing for the Ravens, and he's not playing for anybody else. So you don't even need to have that discussion. Don't waste your breath. Don't waste your airtime. I'm sick of it. Yeah, I I mean, you are uh, probably correct. I I don't think Aaron Rodgers said to himself he's going to – he wants to play for the Jets. He wants to make that transition. We'll see if they can come to terms. By the way, can I make one point here? Sure, sir. Former NFL general manager Mike Tannenbaum, Mm -hmm. former for a reason – was <laughs> he's, he's got to be on ESPN for a reason? Was suggesting this morning that Aaron Rodgers could be back in Green Bay. What? No blanking. Way. Yeah, I don't think there's a way that the the Green Bay Packers and Aaron Rodgers. I, I actually thought that Aaron Rodgers, being the spiteful person that he is, would do that because that means Jordan Love is one year closer <laughs> to free agency and has never played, and the Packers would be trying to figure out what they're going to do, having to pick up his fifth year option for a guy. That 
that they've never actually seen play. I thought that would be genius by Aaron Rodgers. I still think the diabolical man that he is <laughs> it could come out. But we'll see. You know, I, I don't know, Randy. Randy, you know what? I There are... I, I, I go... We go places, right? We're men. We, we use restrooms. I'm sick of grown men not aiming well enough to be a gro- to, it's almost it's almost Randy like a four year old you see it clean it don't leave it clean it up sir you're grown you're, you are a grown ass man they're unbelievable aim better or clean better and they're doing it in public <laughs> it's, it's, it's not in their own house this is in public what do they do at home what are oh, these monsters what is their home life like they just do they just go everywhere and leave it there and walk away great point how is that acceptable oh my god world? you know what's bad though on from the female side not all females are exactly clean as well, too. Well, so yeah. I, I'm being serious, especially no. if you go to the gym or some public restrooms. You'll be surprised. You'll be like, what's happening here? <laughs> Did you see that, that the toilet? Like, that's where you're supposed to go in the water right there. Wow. I'm just saying it's it's not just a male thing. You really? would be surprised. Oh, my goodness. You would be surprised. I will say <laughs> a lot. Of, <laughs> I, have, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying oh, I, you would be surprised. Some some public restrooms are yeah, on the women's inside um especially at the road band you don't want to be driving between anywhere and anywhere you don't want to be on a three-hour drive and stop at a truck stop oh no (laughs) i have a a secret for that randy Mm. hotel bathrooms Mm -hmm. now the secret is out oh you go into a hotel in the lobby it's always clean always clean yep that's, that's do you like always. fake it? Do you walk in and be like, "Hey, I'll be, nah, I don't, I, I'm grown. I'm a grown. I'm a grown man. I'm forty. I'm grown. I'm going. I'm going. I'm going to the bathroom. Hey, it's, uh, you know what? You just walk in. Nobody knows you. No aren't one, a, knows no one knows that, that you're staying at the hotel. They have no clue. Yeah, yeah. Go straight to the bathroom. Well, this is what I'm sick of. So. It's funny because Carrie Davis and I are actually going through diets right now. Yes. We didn't plan this together, no. but for some reason we both decided to start these crazy nutrition plans where it's like strictly <laughs> just meat, no sauces, anything like that. You no know, just salt. a vegetable. Yeah, no salt, anything like that. She solved that problem. I'm sick of seeing all it's like now all of a sudden the algorithms on social media know that I'm going through a diet and that's all I see is beautiful food. Sometimes the algorithm is too smart and works against you and is like, yeah, but look at this delicious food. Scotty Scheffler, that his his master's menu coming out yesterday. I sent it to everybody in the group yeah. chat and I'm like, okay, how many more days do I have left in this diet and how do I get this meal that Scotty Scheffler is going to serve up? Especially that warm, hot skillet cookie. Mm, oh yeah. my gosh. I'm nice. dreaming about it. The, the, I have that 30 part, days. That part, the warmed up chocolate chip cookie. Applebee's right down the road if you want to go order that. No. You can. I, it, it's not going to be that good. I haven't been to an Applebee's good. in forever. I haven't either. Apparently Scotty goes, <laughs> apparently Scotty goes on the reg when he's on the road. Did you guys see, you, you could probably find it on the Twitter machine, when um, Russia was invading the Ukraine. And CNN in the middle of the invasion puts up a big full page Applebee's commercial. No, (laughs) no, no. It's unbelievable. (laughs) The correspondent literally throws to break and was like, "We'll be back more with uh, uh, corresponding more on the war in Ukraine." And then it goes straight to like, "At 
Applebee's, like a really like happy, like immediate, <laughs> like immediate hard cut from the anchor yeah. to that. It was hilarious. It was unreal. All right, what, Matthew, what do we got on the old text line? What are people sick of? I'm sick of Missouri not legalizing sports gambling. Yeah, I am too. I, yeah. I agree. There. Come on, Missouri, pick it up. You're just losing money to Kansas and Illinois. Yeah. I mean, come on, figure it out. I'm just saying, look at the fact that you tripled the amount of money that Illinois brought was bringing in with legalized uh, marijuana. February, first month, they tripled what Illinois brought in. Hmm. It's a lot of tax bases, all I'm saying. Why, why, why leave it? Look at look what Illinois is bringing in on, on sports gambling. Why leave it on the table? I don't understand it. I'm sick of the lack of physical play from the Blues and not standing up for your brothers. Yeah. Brooke, you wanted to weigh in here. Well, no, I just saw one that was really good that came in where it says, I'm tired of the national media's beef with Jordan Bennington. Yeah, they're mad that he won. They, they, you know what? But do you not notice that I, I, on Twitter, the amount of national media people yeah. coming after Jordan Bennington was, I mean, insane. Yeah. Tons of people they're calling same, him crybaby, all this kind of stuff. They're the same people that are mad that the NHL doesn't allow fighting anymore. It, they just need something to be outraged today. today he wanted about. he wanted to fight, and I yeah. I wanted to see it. Yeah. I wanted to see. I mean, if you skate, if you're the if you're the goalie, if you skate all the way down there, you expect to fight, right? And for the referee to kind of get in the way, and Bennington is jawing at him. You know, they're they're ready to go. They both threw the gloves down. Flurry kind of took his helmet off very very calmly, but. Other than that, it, it seemed like they were ready for a duel. We talked about that yesterday. Two yeah. parties per- participating yeah. in a duel seemed agreed upon. Yep. Should have happened. Flirt's, I, flirt's crazy. I, I am sick <laughs> of the preponderance of people. I don't think this is, eh, maybe it is. Maybe I just pay attention to the wrong people. But people who just are looking every day for something to be outraged about. Can't you just live your life and have a good time and smile? Oh, yes. That, that's every the way day. that they should be Some people it. wake up every day just angry. Yeah. And, yeah. and that's what it is. I'm unhappy, and so now you have to be as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, no. You know what? To hell with you. <laughs> Speaking of which, <laughs> I'm, I'm so sick of winter. Good gravy. When is it going to get warm? Uh, as Michelle Smallman would tell you. Three hours. Hashtag winter's stupid. Thank you, Matthew. <laughs> it's, it's days like today where it's 28 right now and 58 later. So dumb. Thank you, Randy. I was uh, last week, as you guys know, I was in Arizona, and I will tell you today so that we can all be jealous of the people in Arizona. Uh, Let's see. what I've got this in my phone. It's it's a must in my phone. Right now in Scottsdale AZ, actually, it's 50 degrees. Nah. What's the the high? uh, They're getting up to 69 and sunny this afternoon. It's probably a a nice 69 and sunny. Yeah. And we are, our heart high today, boys and girls is 59. Hmm. I'll take that. I'll take the 69. I'm not going to feel I'll like being there. Arizona 59, <laughs> though. That is Sick of It here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, our buddy Greg Amsinger is going to talk some ball here on 101 ESPN. The smartest way to do your homework is Heckman Lumber. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, evergreen, and Azek to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with 
Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Hackman Lumber is an authorized Yeti dealer and also stocks a large assortment of grills. So celebrate summer with a new Big Green Egg, Weber gas, or charcoal grill, and all of the accessories from Hackman Lumber. Come visit their showrooms in St. Charles, Pacific, and Troy, Missouri, or online at hackmanstl.com. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Rick Grimsley, Gary Davis, Randy Carricker. Last week, there were several days in which Greg Amzinger and I were both in the Valley of the Sun at the same time, but we never were able to cross paths. We always had something going on. But it's always great to hear the voice of the great Greg Amzinger, who joins us now on 101 ESPN, lead anchor from MLB Network, of course, a product of the Lindenwood University and a native of St. Louis. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? I do well before anyone gets on social media and they think, oh, Randy Carrick and Greg Amsinger must not be friends anymore. They didn't hang out in Arizona, <laughs> even though they were there at the same time. We were in the same state, but I think it was less than 24 hours. Yeah. And I was trying to make my way to see you, but I had all kinds of crazy Team USA stuff going on. But you know, you know me, Randy. I, I am a loyal character guy. And if I could have, I would have, but... I just couldn't make it work. I know that. I'm, I'm making my way to New York, by the way, this summer so that we can play golf up at your club. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, yes. going to do that. Play <laughs> golf on my dime for a chance. You've already <laughs> taken me out. Play some golf on my dime. <laughs> Will do. Hey, I want to ask this first, and I know this is really a – uh, it might be a, a broad question because we're talking about 30 Major League Baseball teams. But do you think an injury like the one that Edwin Diaz suffered last night will make teams pause about allowing their players to participate in the World Baseball Classic in the future? Well, listen, um, at the end of the day, and by the way, it was awful. Witness what I witnessed last night, what we all saw. I was on the phone with Harold and Dan Plesak and just talking about this. It was crazy to watch. That, that injury... Um, could have happened. I mean, that, that to me, that's the equivalent of like falling down the steps at your house. I mean, <laughs> you can't put these guys in bubble wrap. It was a wonderful moment for Puerto Rico, uh, for all of them to be jumping up and down. And, and it, it, freak things happen. I mean, injuries are part of life. It, it, it is what it is. We are all going to be injured before our time on this earth comes to an end. It's just, that's just how life ha- works that way. Uh, it wasn't wear and tear on his arm, his elbow didn't blow out. Even if that happened, at the end of the day, we all have to be caretakers. I say we, we that work in the sport of baseball, we have to be caretakers of the game. First and foremost, we have to put our individual uh, needs and aspirations off to the side and go, what's good to grow the game of baseball? The World Baseball Classic is good for the game of baseball. That atmosphere the Latin America Super Bowl is what they were calling that. That was great for baseball. It was so sad to watch Puerto Rico and their players cry after they beat the Dominican Republic, who was favored to win the whole thing and knock them out of the tournament because of Edwin Diaz's knee. But I just do not think that the, the knee-jerk reaction to this is, oh, there you go, a superstar got hurt, we got to end this tournament. That's not good for the game. The moment was bad for the Mets. No doubt it was, but we still have to be caretakers of the sport as a whole, and the WBC is good for baseball. 
Craig. Spring training was really supposed to be a chance for Paul DeYoung to redeem himself. I think it's safe to say that and fight his way back into this conversation. But we're two weeks out from opening day, and he still has only 13 at-bats because of multiple injuries. What do you see his future with the Cardinals and what that means for him going into the season? I think his defensive versatility is going to keep him in the mix. Um, and again, Paul DeYoung is a deep thinker. He, to me, he reminds me so much of Matt Carpenter uh, from a, the, the mentality of hitting perspective. If you talk to both guys, uh, Matt Carpenter got, kind of got lost into all of his uh, swing thoughts for a while, and now he's kind of come out of it in the later stages of his career. He actually said in the minor leagues that the pitch clock helped him. He didn't have as much time to try to think what the pitcher was going to set him up with and throw to him. So uh, Paul DeYoung still has this ability to hit 30 home runs and play up the middle in the infield. That is always going to be a coveted skill set. Now, will he be the starting shortstop for the St. Louis Cardinals ever again? I don't think so, at least not on a regular basis. But his ability to, to play other positions – I think keeps him in the mix. He's a great clubhouse guy. Everyone loves him. Um, if he's not injured, he's a pretty dependable guy in terms of what you're going to get. Uh, I just think I, I think he's going through it right now, and he knows he's lost a starting job. Whether or not he can prove that he still has enough to be a starter in this league uh, it remains to be seen because I, I think he would probably prefer to be traded, to be sent somewhere else. Uh, to get a chance, but the way he's swinging the bat right now and his ability to stay on the field, he's not going to have a lot of suitors. One of the reasons that uh, Paul DeYoung may not be long for the Cardinals is because of one Mason win. I know he struggled his last couple of games, but what have you seen from him and his potential? I, we don't think he'll be here, obviously, opening day, but is he going to be here sooner than most people thought? I, I've had conversations with all my friends at work. Uh, Dan O'Dowd, the uh, former GM of the Colorado Rockies, is one of my cohorts for the uh, MLB draft. He knows all these young prospects, as, as well as anyone, as well as the guys from MLB Pipeline, like Jim Callis and Jonathan Mayo. And, and he told me this is the kid that, that if people in St. Louis wondered why the Cardinals weren't in on Correa or Trey Turner or any of the other shortstop. They believe in what they have, and they think Mason Wynn is going to be a perennial all-star shortstop. Uh, he completely concurs. This is the best infield arm that baseball has seen since Sean Dunstan in the 80s the former number one overall pick with the Chicago Cubs. This is a cannon of a shortstop arm. He'll play that position for a long time. His bat is going to impress. The, the defense, the arm is what got him to the, so much attention, but the bat is just blowing the lid off the expectations for Mason Wynn. So he's expecting uh, a kid with a, an upside, he told me this, of a Francisco Lindor offensively. That's how good Mason Wynn can be. 20-plus homers, could be a 90 to 100 RBI guy. With all of his speed, with the new rules, could steal 30 bags perennially, and he could buy for a gold glove at shortstop. That's everything you want. That's everything you want. And if you look at the young talent up and down the board, what the Cardinals are doing, and this is what Dan O'Dowd told me, he said, Randy Flores needs to be a GM somewhere. If there is a hot ticket item that if you're looking for a new front office leader, Randy Flores, who's been the scouting director for the Cardinals, who has been pointing out all the young players and and working with his scouts so incredibly well to recognize who they should roll the dice on in the first, second, third rounds, and then develop them properly. The Cardinals aren't missing 
it, 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 there's so much better at this than everyone else. Randy Flores is, is going to have to get an opportunity to be a GM. And according to my guy, Dan O'Dowd, that's going to happen sooner than later. So, Greg, you're telling me that my pick, I picked earlier this week that the Cardinals would win the World Series. You're telling me I'm not crazy in that pick. Well, listen, I <laughs> did um, the top 100 right now. There's a formula that going into the year, you need five top 100 players to win the World Series. This is what we've learned since starting this show back in 2009. No team won the World Series without having at least five top 100 players going into the year. Cardinals have four. Four made the list. But I would like to argue with that formula because if Jordan Walker can literally be one of the top 100 players as a rookie, then I, I sort of think that that can work his way into the gray area of this formula and the Cardinals could do it. If he is, and Dan O'Dowd likes to call superstars in the game, aircraft carriers, Hmm. (laughs) he calls them already an aircraft carrier. (laughs) He's already referring to Jordan Walker as an aircraft carrier. He says the Cardinals have three aircraft carriers and Goldie Arenado and Walker. If you have three players like that in the middle of your order, Anything can happen. The pitching is going to be the biggest question for the Cardinals, but they got so much young talent that they can seemingly acquire anything they need as they get closer and closer to the postseason. Greg, you mentioned Sean Dunstan, who was the first pick in the 1982 draft. In 1985, Whitey Herzog was talking about that draft, and he said the Cubs were actually considering taking Dwight Gooden, but they decided to go with the guy with the best arm. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Yes. And that's all. Look, man, I will never forget. My favorite player, and like who I emulated myself as, as a, as a really bad young baseball player that I was, mm-hmm. uh, I'm a left-handed first baseman. I thought I was a pretty good defensive first baseman. I didn't hit for a lot of power, but it was, it was hard to strike me out. I loved Mark Grace. I loved the way Mark Grace played first base. And to watch Sean Dunstan get a, a, you know, a two-hopper to short, and then he would crow-hop like three or four times, and then throw 108 miles an hour in the dirt, and I was always wondering, is, is Mark Race wearing a cup because Sean Dunstan <laughs> playing shortstop? I mean, he needed catcher's gear. And he always picked it out of the dirt. It was awesome to watch. But, yeah, Sean Dunstan was one of the great talents when he entered the game. I don't know if I would have taken you know him over Doc Gooden, but you know, <laughs> it's Sunday morning, Monday morning quarterback, it always seems to be the case. MLB Network's Greg Amzinger on 101 ESPN. Hey, Greg, you saw Stephen Matz a lot a couple of years ago when he was with Toronto and went 14 and seven. He's had a very good spring, and up until that year with Toronto, he really had not had a, a great run. What do you think the upside for a guy like Stephen Matz is in the Cardinal rotation? He is on the short list of my comeback players of the year in the National League. Uh, if I was going to rank them, I would put Chris Bryant number one. I think he's going to be insanely good for the Colorado Rockies. Didn't play 60 games, didn't hit a home run at Coors Field. Uh, but when he did play, he was in over 300. I think he's going to put up crooked numbers this year. He's my front runner for NL comeback player of the year. Number two on that list would be Michael Conforto, who's having a great spring with the San Francisco Giants. He loved being a Met. He wanted to stay stay there, wasn't going to work out. He's got something to prove. All of a sudden, that ballpark is like a bandbox. When did that happen? I mean, Barry Bobs is hitting bombs into the Cove. No one else could. Mm-hmm. And now the Giants are like one of the top home run hitting teams in baseball. Conforto's going to enjoy the riches of that. He's going to have a monster year. And I put Steven Matz third. I think Steven Matz is, is one of the most overlooked starters right now 
in the game. And people were wondering, you know, after Jose Quintana came over at a deal and pitched so well for the Cardinals, why wouldn't the Cardinals? Because it wasn't a steep contract. A couple of years, you're going to get a deal done, bring Quintana back, who now is injured. He's out. They found a legion underneath his ribs. He's got to have surgery. He's going to be gone for a while. The Mets really having some poor luck when it comes to health. But the, one of the reasons why the Cardinals didn't try to bring Quintana back, they still believe in what they have in Steven Matz. And I don't blame them. When Steven Matz is right, I always go back to what our analysts say at NLB Network, the John Smoltz, the Pedro Martinez, the Dan Plesacs, the Al Leiters, the guys that really know pitching. And when they are mesmerized by a guy's talent, and especially if that guy is a left-handed pitcher, then I'm always keeping that guy on my radar. Like, they never bailed on Andrew Heaney. Even when Andrew Heaney had an ERA around six for the Angels, all those guys loved Andrew Heaney. I didn't know why. They've always loved Steven Matz, and they still think Steven Matz is going to put it all together. I always keep that in the back of my mind because left-handers take a little bit longer to develop for some reason. I'm left-handed. It took me a while. I feel like I'm an acquired taste. At first, you're like, whoa, this is over the top. This is way too much. But over time, I'm a lefty. I just I kind of grow on you. I'm like the taste of coffee. When you're a kid, you're like you spit it out. You're like this is ridiculous. I hate coffee. I'm never drinking coffee. And you're like oh, you just wait, young man. You just wait. You'll be at Starbucks like the rest of us. That's what I am, and I think that's what left-handers are. I think that's what Stephen Mads is going to be. Real quick, Greg. Uh, obviously, there's a lot going on in the network side of things with RSN's diamond owner of RSN's for 40 plus teams filing bankruptcy. Major League Baseball coming up with a statement that was pretty lengthy, but I thought the end was really telling about how they're viewing this in the long term. It says, over the long term, we will reimagine our distribution model to address the changing media climate and ultimately reach an even larger number of fans. What do you think that this will mean for the future of broadcasting games for Major League Baseball? Well, I, I, first off, it, it, you hate seeing people uh, concerned about their livelihood. So the people that are working at these RSNs, I, I you know, I, I never want to say something's exciting when people are concerned if they're still going to have their salaries, right? So it is a changing time. And with change, there's always going to be the, you know, uncomfortable moments. And that's where we're at right now. Um, that said, you know, Commissioner Rob Manfred has been the uh, the biggest punching bag for baseball fans than any commissioner. Why? He is willing to do things outside the box, and he's willing to change the game. And anytime you mess with baseball and you want to alter it or evolve it in any way, the purists come out and they just can't stand you. And Rob Manfred is totally okay with that. As a lifelong negotiator, labor negotiator, he's he's comfortable with people not liking him. It's okay. He's used to it by now. Okay. He's been through so many negotiations. This is going to be a massive undertaking. And as you see details come out in the next couple of weeks, just remember that the commissioner of baseball wants this one thing more than anything. He wants baseball games to be accessed by baseball fans easier than ever before. Whenever baseball fans want to watch a game, he wants to make it as easy as ever before. He wants it to be when you need it, you want the content of baseball, it is on your device, it's on your TV, it's on your phone. He's trying to get it to you without any restrictions. That is his number one focus. Does it reimagine the revenue model for Major League Baseball teams who are used to getting a, a gigantic check from media members who are signed up to produce their games? Yes. And to me, I think baseball is essentially being pushed to the forefront and the other leagues are inevitably going to follow them. 
in this regard. What do I mean by that? They're essentially going to own their own content. They're going to own their own content, and they're going to monetize it on an annual basis. Instead of signing a 10-year contract with the media power, which sounds good in 2023, but by 2030, you're going, when is this deal up? Or we could be making so much money on this deal. This is a way to own their own content, get rid of all blackouts. That, that word will never be used again, which is a beautiful thing. People can access Cardinal baseball from all over the country whenever they want. Um, it's, it, it's where the industry is headed. It's where it needs to be heading, unfortunately, for those that are worried about, you know, if they're still going to have a job. But at the end of the day, baseball will be wherever you want it to be on your phone, device, TV, and there will be no more blackouts. I think that's the future of this, and that's where it needs to be. If I can find Greg Amsinger on my phone, I'm a happy camper, man. Oh, man, you and everyone else, man. Thank you. for. <laughs> I, I spend way too much money on hairspray for people not to want to see. No you doubt. Know. You're I the best. Yep. Hey, thanks for coming on with us. We always appreciate it. Have a great day. We'll be tuned to MLB Network. MLB uh, tonight? Tonight? Uh, no, I'm actually off a couple of days. Okay. Uh, I'm going to be I'm going to get on a plane Saturday morning. I'll be in Miami for the semifinals and finals of the World Baseball Classic. So you'll see me on the field in Marlins Park the next time I'm on MLB tonight. It'll be fun. We'll be tuned in, and it'll be fun to have a championship game back in Marlins Park. Yeah, man, absolutely. All right, see you later. Take care. That is Greg Amzinger, MLB Network here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, we've got Take It or Leave It. Get your text into the Air Comfort Service text line 314-399-9646. Teoli next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time for Take It or Leave It. Want to say something? Want to put it out there? If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Get your text in to 314-399-9646. And give us your Take It or Leave It. Brought to you by Gloria Lou Realty. Visit GloriaHasTheBuyers.com and start packing. That's my final author. Take it or leave it. Grimsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker. Matthew Rocchio is here, and it's time for Teoli on 101 ESPN. Brooke and Kerry, as you know, the capacity at City Park is 22,500. That's how many fans they can have for their match on the pitch in their kits on Saturday night. Mm-hmm. Take it or leave it, the Battlehawks will have more than 22,500 at their game on Saturday night. Oh, take it. Yeah, I mean, we, we how many we did this the other day. I think you were at jury duty. You were oh yeah doing oh. your your civic service. Yeah. Uh, there are two point eight million people in the there are in St. Louis yep. in, in the surrounding counties. Mm-hmm. You got enough people to go to both games. Okay, so yeah. you have you have, I think you're looking at about forty one forty two thousand for the battle. Wow. Horse. Yeah. Wow. Well, and to your point, Carrie. I think, too, I've heard that the City SC tickets are a lot harder to get. Yeah, yeah. And Battlehawks tickets, I was talking to somebody who had really good seats, and I'm like, how much were these seats? It was like 40 bucks for them, so it was a little bit more affordable. So I think that also works in the Battlehawks' favor for this weekend. And that's nothing against City SC. They're going to be packed, but yeah. Yeah. who has the more available tickets exactly. if you want to go yeah. do yeah. something more on seats. Saturday? There's more available seats. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So uh, Juju Smith-Schuster signed a three-year deal worth $33 million. With the New England Patriots. Juju is well known for TikTok videos, being, you know, online social media creator, uh, influencer, so to speak. 
Take it or leave it. That's not going to work well in New England. I will take that. Our buddy Chris Long <laughs> left social media for the year that he was in New England. It was miserable. And by the way, can I just add this too? Uh, New England is where wide receivers go to die. I mean, I was thinking about that as well. You go from playing with Ben Roethlisberger, future Hall of Famer, to Patrick Mahomes, future Hall of Famer, to Matt Jones? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I understand the money, but as far as uh, life goes, yeah, good that, luck. Yeah, no, the money's great, but uh, money can't buy happiness. Nah, he's not going to be happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take it or leave it. Kind of bouncing off what Greg, Greg Amensinger was saying about RSNs. A lot of these other pro teams are going to be kicking themselves that they didn't get ahead like MLS did on working out an Apple TV deal. I want to take that. Yeah, because you have to... You have to be all in on the streaming. That being said, one of the reasons that streaming is what it is today is because baseball devised the best streaming platform there is in BAM. And they still have the same people there that developed it, so they can start something new. I I think baseball will have a pretty good idea of what they're doing. Mm Mm-hmm. What do you got on the old text line, Matthew? Take it or leave it. The Bills should have traded for Derrick Henry yesterday. (laughs) Sure, I'll take it. I mean... Yeah, why not? I don't if want they, Derek Henry to go anywhere. No, he's gone. <laughs> he's, <laughs> I know he's, as soon as you hear the rumors, it, yeah. it seems like he's gone. It's a, yeah. it's a wrap. They, they're going to start clearing house and, uh, you know, tear it down to build it back up. I, I actually like Derrick Henry with the Buffalo Bills. Maybe they would actually run the ball yeah. a little bit more. Be good for him if they decided to do that. Could win some games probably in... January, if you run mm-hmm. the football, I want to leave it. Just good God, Derrick Henry is amazing. Why Tennessee it was like one of the best things the Titans have had in a long time. Yeah, and Tannehill's still around. Well, that's a problem. Yes, <laughs> exactly. Here's the thing, though: how much tread is left on Derrick Henry's tires? You know, that's the there funny thing. There can't be much left. You would think he's that. broken every convention about amount of carries mm-hmm. and a guy being able to back up. And no here's one does the it. Thing. He's been doing that since high school. Yes. Mm-hmm. If you go look at his high school stats, he was carrying the football in that manner. This man is different. And so mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think when it happens, it's just going to happen yeah. right in front of us. I don't think it's going to be progressively happening. I think it's just going to stop. So right now, he's still at the top of his game. I think he got a lot more left in him. But that's what happened to other guys when they had 400 uh, carry seasons. Mm-hmm. And he had multiple, and he still goes. I, it, it's it's breaking my brain. Take it or leave it. The Lions did their heart and soul James Will- Jamal Williams dirty yesterday. Uh, yeah, I'll take yeah. that. Yeah. Yes. yeah. That, that, but you know what? He got paid. He went to New Orleans, right? Uh, he got he got his money. But, you know, they didn't really see him in that manner. They they went and picked up another running back. Um, the running Montgomery. back from Mo- Montgomery from, from the Chicago Bears. So, yeah, it, it, it's business, man. You can't can't get too too much in your feelings about it. Business. <laughs> take it or leave it. AJ McCarron throws for 300 yards and the Battlehawks win on Saturday. Take it, yeah. Let's take it. Yeah. They got to make up for the loss they had earlier against the D.C. defenders. Beat up on D.C. Yeah. Uh, Mizzou might be at uh, plus 1.5 today, but take it or leave it. Mizzou wins by 10 plus today. Leave it. Leave it. Leave 10 it. plus? What do you think Vegas is doing out here? Guessing, <laughs> apparently. Yeah. You think Vegas is just out here, like, yeah, sure, throw some numbers up. Well, Mizzou <laughs> has had some lopsided losses at times too, at games that you thought that they would do really well, and so maybe that's what they're thinking in that in that statement. Mizzou plays in the NCAA tournament a 
lot, and they don't have an awful lot of success. That, How many championships do they have? I, uh, zero. I will come across. How many Final Fours? Zero. Son of a wonder. Hey, but this is different with Dennis Gates. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. This, the, yeah. this is different. The Dennis yeah. Gates era breaks the curse. I remember if how they win, they get to play probably Arizona. I don't so. like the tone that this is happening. Yeah. <laughs> I love Mizzou, but wasn't it different with Quinn Snyder when Tyus Edney did his thing, too? No! I mean, uh, I'm just Norfolk State is pretty yep. good. Yeah. I'd Northern feel, Iowa. I'd, I'd be laughing a lot God, more it. if Mizzou wasn't the seven wasn't in a seven ten <laughs> matchup where they're literally not favored. They are not okay. favored okay. versus the Utah State Aggies, man. That's heartbreaking. Come on, Turn Don't be sad. Bracket just, you know, people. If, if it's a close game at the end, you know, step in front of a guy at half court. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Hey, uh, coming up next, can Jordan Walker be the difference between the Cardinals being great and not great? That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. A fresh perspective on the day's top stories. It's the Opening Drive's fresh take. Brought to you by Schnucks Rewards. Reward yourself. Earn 2% back on every purchase with the Schnucks Rewards app. No team won the World Series without having at least five top 100 players going into the year. Cardinals have four. Four made the list. But I would like to argue with that formula because if Jordan Walker can literally be one of the top 100 players as a rookie, I sort of think that that can work his way into the gray area of this formula and the Cardinals could do it. That's Greg Amzinger, last hour here on 101 ESPN. Right now it's 8.06. Time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke Grimsley and Kerry Davis. I'm Randy Carricker, and Jordan Walker has been injured. But before the injury, he was absolutely dynamic for the Cardinals with what he has done in the minors, with the way he is projected by not just the Cardinals, but around Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball observers. I would have to think that he should be uh, top 100 player in Major League Baseball and can be the difference between the Cardinals being a World Series team and a non-World Series team. I will add this caveat that it's really hard to play six months, especially yeah. for a rookie that's never done it before and they've changed the minor league season. But it's really hard to play for six consecutive months, especially in September when the sport is different. But Jordan Walker seems to be different too. Yeah, he does. He's uh, he, He's one of these guys that like I said, when you hear the hype and the hype matches what you see, it's really exciting. Right now he's leading the team in hits uh, this spring training. He's he's leading the team in batting average, OPS. He's doing an outstanding job um, just showing up and performing at a high level. And, and, and really, I, I don't know if there was ever any doubt, but just proving that what everyone has said about him is, is true and and it's not you know it's not something that we just make believe it's he's really everything that he's been as advertised and so we're i mean left field looks like that's his spot for i don't know the next 8 10 12 mm-hmm. years here in St. Louis willing if they're willing to pay him what he needs to be paid um but yeah I, i'm excited about him and i think he has all the potential in the world and with him and with the 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 what you have in Goldie and Arenado, you got a team that's going to be really good. Contreras, you got some guys that can hit the ball, play sound defense, and you're going to be a pretty good team. And also, I thought it was really interesting, too, because in that statement from Amzinger, he's also was specifically talking to about Mason Wynn 
and seeing him eventually with the Cardinals as well. We've seen it several seasons now, as we mentioned before, with Brendan Donovan coming in. Then you have Lars Newtbar coming in, kind of middle of the season. You never know how things shake out. So even Mason Wood can be in this conversation a little bit later on this season as well, too. But Jordan Walker right now is forcing his way into the conversation of you got to have this guy in there. you got to have this bat in there now to start the season. Can 37 at-bats. I was going to say, CD. real quick, can we just talk about the impact that Michael Jeffrey Jordan has had on the, the world of sports? Oh, yeah. Jordan Bennington, Jordan Cairo. Mm-hmm. Jordan, Jordan Walker. Walker. Yeah. I'm just saying, the city of St. Louis, we thank you, Jordan. Yeah. We thank you. We salute you. No one, they're no, all named no, after no LeBrons. Eh, few Kobe's. Yeah, they're, but, they're all named after Okay. Him. There you go. That's all. I just wanted to get that out of the way. <laughs> uh, 37 at bats for Jordan Walker, who is a product of Michael Jordan's name. Uh, he has three homers, seven RBIs. He's hitting 405. His OPS is 1.135. And I don't think that's the most important number. I think the most important number for Jordan Walker is that on May 22nd, he's going to turn 21. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's a young man that yeah. is a, is, he's a, man he's a man's man. And, and just really is, a, like I said, he doesn't look rattled. He doesn't look bothered. Um, even if he does have, you know, uh, an at-bat where he gets out, he doesn't look like it's it's sitting with him. He's ready on to the next thing. And so, you know, I'm excited for, for what he is and who he is. And the fact that, you know, you're willing to to slide into to second base or third base and get injured and having to learn. It, it, Coach Tomlin used to always have a saying: "I'd rather say whoa than sick him." Mm-hmm. And if because if I got to say sick him, I got to get a different guy. But if I say whoa, I can dial it back. I can get you to pull it back a little bit. So you want to have guys that you got to say whoa to rather than sick him. And I think he's one of those guys you're gonna have to say whoa, whoa, young fella, slow down a little bit. Let's 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 do this in a different way. And by the way, I mentioned the six month season. I don't think there's a necessity for the Cardinals, if Walker is your opening day left or right fielder, to move one of the other outfielders. I still want to have Tyler O'Neill and Lars Newtbar and Dylan Carlson on my team because there's plenty of at-bats to A, preserve Jordan Walker, B, we kind of think that at some point Dylan Carlson's going to get hurt, and so is Tyler O'Neill, right? So you, you have plenty of opportunity for multiple guys, and I didn't even include Burleson or Moises Gomez in this, uh, in this list. There's going to be plenty of at-bats for everybody. Well, yeah. Well, I think you didn't mention them because they'll probably get sent down yeah. to start the season as well because that will be better for them just to go there, maybe figure out, find some more consistency. But... Doesn't it make you think, why didn't we get to the universal DH a little bit sooner? Because now you have so many different opportunities for guys, even if they're not going to be your starting outfielder or you have that conversation going on with the competition in the infield as well. There's so many different options, and Walker is even in that conversation for possibly being a DH sometimes for the Cardinals too. I think the timing is perfect. Remember we had the DH a couple of years ago and Matt Carpenter was our guy. Yeah. yeah. So... <laughs> We didn't always have hitters like this. <laughs> you got you got a lot of choices, a uh, lot of guys to choose from right now. Yeah. And at some point, I know as we get closer to opening day, I would like to do our 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 roster. Who's on the roster? Mm-hmm. Who's on? Who's off? Uh, so we can know who we think is going to be here and what positions they're going to play. And and you know who's starting. Who's the starting mm-hmm. DH? Is it Juan Yepes? Is it Nolan Gorman? There are when you have that many opportunities or that many options uh, for players to play multiple positions. You know, it just leans for you having a really good team because competition makes everyone want to play better, and everyone has to play better in order to get on the field. And the versatility 
And that's why Brendan Donovan might best serve the Cardinals in a role as a utility guy because he can play so many positions. I'm not sure if that'll be the case, if they'll play Gorman at second. But I wouldn't be surprised if Gorman wound up being your opening day second baseman. And by the way, as Brooke mentioned, Kramer Robertson yesterday plays second and goes two for three and is hitting 375 on the spring. Don't expect him to be here, but that's just another option for the Cardinals. That is Brooke, that is Kerry, and that is today's Fresh Take. Coming up, we're going to head into the Blues booth, talk some Blues and Wild. It was wild last night at Enterprise Center with our buddy John Kelly, TV voice of the Blues on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. We're talking everything St. Louis Blues as we head into the Blues booth. Presented by Boardwalk Hardwood Floors, a proud partner of your St. Louis Blues. Find your perfect new floor at our four convenient locations and online at BoardwalkHardwood.com. With Brooke Gripsley and Super Bowl champ Kerry Davis, I'm Randy Carricker. Great to have you with us on the opening drive on 101 ESPN. And we head into the Blues booth now. Joining us on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line is our friend, the Blues play-by-play man on Bally Sports Midwest, John Kelly. JK, good morning. How are you doing? I'm good, Randy. How are you? Everything's good. And we'll talk about last night's game. But I want to start with Pavel Buchnevich because I think because of the tenor of this season and what's happened with all the trades and, and the performance of the team, and the fact that he's been hurt a little bit, we tend to overlook how good he's been. 52 games, 23 goals, 38 assists, 61 points in 52 games, and he's a plus 11. Butchnevich appears to be a legitimate NHL star. Yeah, he um, has had a really good year, Randy. As you said, those are, there are great numbers on a team that you know has struggled, especially at times, to score goals. And, um, you know, the plus-minus really sticks out to me. I know that it can be a little bit deceptive. Um, and don't forget, he's been on the ice for a lot of those empty net goals against, like a lot of the Blues players. So, you know, people bring up the plus minus on the Blues, but they've allowed, I believe, now 20 empty net goals or something like that. Um, so a lot of their, their plus minus are going to be really, really poor because of those empty net goals. But his remains in positive territory, so it's really good to see. And I've been impressed with him at center, Randy. I think he's done a good job. Obviously, it's a learning process, and he's not going to learn it you know, in a week or even a month, but he looks uh, he looks free out there, and he's doing a really good job out the middle. And, John, he's a plus 11, as we mentioned. Nathan Walker is the only Blues forward in plus territory, and he is a plus one in 41 games. So to be plus 11 and be the only guy that's a plus in the plus minus among the Blues forwards, that's pretty telling. Yeah, it is. And, you know, obviously if you're going to be a center iceman, Randy, as we know, you've got to be very responsible um, it might be the most important position on the ice, aside from goaltender, because you control the ice, especially in front of your own zone, or goal, rather. So, you know, the fact that he is a plus player means he is responsible, and, you know, maybe this experiment will turn into a full-time center ice job for Pavel. Well, J.K., you know we got to talk about it. Obviously, Jordan Bennington was the big story of the night, really stealing a show, and when he has those fiery moments, is it more for his game or is it more for the team's game and amping them up? Well, I, you know, it's probably a little bit of both, Brooke, but, you know, in this situation, I can't really blame him for being upset. I, I know in some of the past incidents where he's he sort of lost his cool, you know, he's given up a goal and, and you know, he's taunted the other team or the bench, um, but in this case, you know, he gives up the fifth goal to Hartman, and Hartman bumps him. 
And it's one of those things where if you went to Hartman after the game last night, he probably said, well, I didn't try to do it. Um, I, I look at it sort of the same way as what happened with Kadri last year in game three when he accidentally on purpose fell on Bennington. And, you know, he claims he didn't mean to do it. Well, only one person knows. I know it's different circumstances, and I know that Bennington wasn't hurt on the play in last night's game. But, you know, I think that NHL players really can control what they do and when they can stop and things like that. So I, I think that there probably was some intent there. And, you know, Bennington lost his cool. And when you consider that he had given up five goals at that point in, you know, just over 30 minutes of hockey – you can understand why he was frustrated. Why didn't the linesmen just let Fleury and Bennington fight? That's a great question. And, and to me, they should have. Um, you know, they have rules in place, as we know, for fighting. So if you fight, you get five minutes for fighting. And if two guys want to fight and, you know, settle things down or settle a score or whatever, to me, you shouldn't randomly say, well, I'm going to let these guys fight, but I'm not going to let, you know, these two people fight. So I don't understand it. I think that there should be consistency, and they should have let those two guys fight last night. John, when I look at the play and what took place last night, I think two things are, are taking place. Obviously, Bennington is, is, has dealt with an injury from being hit by a, by a player in the crease. And then you also have, I think there's a little bit of frustration because there are often players in his face. And when I watch our team in other goalies' face, you see four or five guys removing that guy. But when guys are in Bennington's face, you don't have as much uh, aggression towards those opposing players. Do you think that's part of the, uh, the frustration that he's dealing with well again that it's a question you'd have to ask him um I, I do think at times the blues need to stick up for each other better i think you make a good point carrie um but last night's situation it was just really a, a knee-jerk reaction by by jordan you know he gets he gets bumped into and in a second or two he goes after hartman and he landed a really good punch with his blocker to, to his face i mean he, <laughs> he got did. it he got his money for it so <laughs> So the other players in that situation didn't really have a chance to go in and stick up for Jordan. Um, but I think, you know, as I said at times, I think that they can do a better job of that. Hey, John, what have you thought of Rana so far? I've liked him. And, you know, that goal last night he scored, Randy, uh, the first goal where he, he sort of sliced through the defense and, and beat Flurry up high was a real good goal scorer's goal. So, you know, he's come as advertised and he's got a really good shot. And, you know, he's going to the inside and, and getting some goals. So, um, obviously, he's got good speed. And remember, he had only played in five NHL games before the trade to St. Louis. So, I, I think it's going to take him a while to get up to full speed. Um, but so far, so good. I think I've liked what I've seen. Kasperi Kapanen uh, came out pretty hot his first couple of games. He's kind of disappeared the last few games. What have you seen from his play? Well, the, the thing I've seen from him is that you know, I mentioned Verona's getting to the inside. I haven't seen Kapanen get to the inside as much as he did in his first couple of games. I know one of his goals was an empty net goal. And I think the other was a shorthanded goal. But um, you don't score goals in this league from the outside. So, um, I, you know, I did talk to one of their broadcasters the day the trade was made, or not a trade, but they picked him up on waivers. And that's what the, that the gentleman indicated is that at tens, he, he, he does time, uh, at, he tends to at times, sorry about that, just to go to the outside and stay on the outside. So I think that with his speed, and he's a big guy. You know, I, I saw him in the locker room in his, you know, gym shorts and, and shirt. You know, he's a solid guy. Um, so he, he needs to get to the inside to score goals. And I think that he's probably gotten away from that a little bit. J.K., uh, 
going back to that battle and what could have been with Mark Andre Fleury and Jordan Bennington, who is your who would your money be on to win that fight? <laughs> you know what? I was thinking about that last night. And I've, <laughs> I've called some goalie fights in my career. Uh, the famous one was Patrick Waugh yeah. and Mike Vernon back in March of of ninety seven when. They had a bench clearing brawl, and um, but in, in that game, Wah actually hurt his shoulder in the fight, and it hurt him in the playoffs. And and Detroit won that series in the third round. So you got to be careful with goalies because obviously they're not accustomed to the fighting. But I was thinking, you know, all these times that Bennington's tried to get somebody to fight him, yeah. and he's never been successful. And last night was close. Um, I'd like to just see how he does because he clearly wants to fight. So my impression and my opinion is, let's see how he can fight. And, and last night was a great opportunity until the linesman ruined the, ruined the chance. John, the way Fleury put down that helmet, I wasn't sure how that was going to go. I didn't know if that was a, I'm crazy as hell, you need to back up, or I'm scared as hell, don't fight me. It, it, it scared me the way he took his, his helmet off, his mask yeah. off. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't think Flurry. I read something that he had a, he had a goal of, of getting in a fight early in his career. He's never done that. Um, but Bennington does have have age on his side. You know, he's you know close to thirty, and Flurry's in his upper thirties. So um, maybe youth would have served uh, Benny really well last night. I don't know. Hey, John. By the way, I mentioned it earlier to to Brooke because nationally, Jordan Bennington takes a lot of grief, and maybe it's because since winning the Stanley Cup, he has not been pristine across the board. But you did cover one of the most emotional goalies in history, in Patrick Waugh. I did, and. And he was a fiery guy. And, you know, for, for the most part, I think it helped Patrick get up for games and uh, stay motivated and stay focused. And I, I, you know, I know that, you know, I think it was Brooke who asked me earlier, you know, does he do it for himself or for the team? So I don't really know, but my, my hunch is he probably does it um, equally um, for both. Um, because when he's playing on the edge and he's aggressive and, and all that stuff, he's a better goaltender. Um, at the same time, He's frustrated, and he's a, he's a winner and a competitor. And, you know, I think at times he has gone over the top a little bit, and I know the coach called him out on that earlier this year. Um, but last night was justified, and I, I think that he had a good reason to be really upset. John Kelly, it'll be good to have you back on the call for the Blues after TNT had last night's game, and you are in, uh, in Washington, D.C. tomorrow night. Yes, against Oshie and the Capitals. Um, not sure if Levesque's going to play. He did not play. Um, I didn't see their game last night, um, but he didn't play two games ago, so we'll see if he can go. All right, J.K., have a great trip, safe travels, and we'll talk to you next week. Okay, thank you. Thank you. That is the TV voice of the Blues, John Kelly on 101 ESPN. By the way, the Blues at Washington tomorrow, 5 o'clock pregame here on 101 ESPN, and then the action coming your way with Chris Kerber and Joe Vitale at 6. Brooke, Carey, and Randy coming up. The fight on 101 ESPN. Do you have a fighter, big boy? We do. We need one. We need a fighter. So text in 314-399-9646 with the word fight if you'd like to participate here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Welcome to the fight. In the red corner, average Joe listener. And in the blue corner, the undisputed king of morning drive, Please welcome Randy Carricker. Welcome back to the opening drive. I'm Kerry Davis, joined by Brooke Grimsley, and it is time for the fight. And our fighter today is Nick. Nick, how you doing? Doing good, guys. How are you? 
Doing well. Are you uh, ready to take on Megamind? Uh, yeah, I guess I'm as ready as I will be. Well, he hasn't lost. I, I, well, he did lose to Johnny earlier in the week, but he hadn't lost much this year. So we'll see if, you, if you're really ready, Nick. You got, a, you got a tough task ahead of you. Yeah, let him know. Uh, I, I'm going to do what Bennington would have done to Flurry oh. if uh, the line would have gotten <laughs> yes. in the way. Wow. That's what I – Nick, I love it. I am so happy to hear that, and hopefully you do well today. Here we go. Last night, Craig Berube became just the fifth person in NHL history to play 1,000 games and coach 500 games. In those 1,000-plus career games, which franchise did Chief play the most games for? Is it the Calgary Flames, the Philadelphia Flyers, or the Washington Capitals? Uh, the Flyers. Tom, oh, yes. Tom Brady threw for over 4,000 yards in his final season, the 14th different time he's reached that mark. Who is the only other quarterback in NFL history to match those 14 4,000-yard seasons? Is it Phillip Rivers, Drew Brees, or Peyton Manning? So Drew Brees. All right, Nick. Miami won five NCAA football national titles from 1983 to 2001 with four different coaches raising the trophy. Who is the one coach to win multiple titles with the Hurricanes? Is it How, excuse, Howard Schellenberger? Jimmy Johnson or De- Dennis Erickson? Oh, man. Uh, I have no idea. What was the second one? Jimmy Johnson. Yeah, we'll go with him. Okay, so Villanova holds the NCAA tournament record for highest seed number to ever win the title. What seed were they when they set the record in 1985? Is it 8, 10, or 13? <sighs> Again, I have no idea. Let's go with eight. All right, we'll double-check the score, and we'll bring in Randy Carricker. All right, Nick, now you, you said you were going to take off the mask and uh, beat up on Randy. How do you feel so far? Uh, I felt okay on two of them. <laughs> the last the last two, uh, not not so much, but we'll see. All right, well, Randy's coming in. He's got his propel. He's uh, ready. He's got his ESPN, 101 ESPN <laughs> sports talk for St. Louis so, uh, jacket on. We have a couple of extraordinary athletes on the 101 ESPN staff. One, of course, Super Bowl champ, Kerry Davis. Thank you, sir. And one is uh, Maggie Tuzlowski, who played college basketball at Loyal of Chicago. She's she's a, a tall drink of water, <laughs> as it is. were. <laughs> she's about 6'1". And she's always run our NCAA tournament pool, but she's taking a year off really? from running the NCAA tournament so pool. So going to do it this year? We got, I think we got, it might be too late. Uh, we, got, we got a couple no. of hours, don't we? <laughs> yeah. We're supposed to, I never got an email. First game at 11. So Mags, uh, oh, she's, Mags, she'll be back at it next year, All not right. this year. But we do have the 101 ESPN Bracket Madness. And you can just join that. You know, it's very simple. All you have to do is uh, go to 101ESPN.com and sign up and join the Bracket Madness. All right. You ready? Yes, sir. All right, Brian, here we go. Uh, who's, who am I playing? Oh, Nick. Sorry. Hi, Nick. How you doing? Hey, oh. good, Randy. How are you? He good. also said he was going to do what Bennington <laughs> would have done had the referees not stopped I that like fight that. last good. night. That's, That's what he said he was going to do to good. you. I like that. All right. So. I'm going that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> last night, Craig Berube became just the fifth person in NHL history to play 1,000 games and coach 500 games. In those 1,000-plus career games, which franchise did Chief play the most games for? Flyers. 
Tom Brady threw for over 4,000 yards in his final season, the 14th different time he's reached that mark. Who is the only other quarterback in NFL history to match those 14 4,000-yard seasons? 14 4,000-yard seasons. So 96, uh, or no, 06, 16, 21. This is intriguing because it's one of two people. Um, let's see. I'm just going to do some math. Because he has all the 5,000-yard seasons, I'm thinking Drew Brees. It's either Drew Brees or Peyton Manning. Manning had... Boy, he had a lot of them. 14. Two guys had 14 of them. Uh, Breeze, basically, his career was 06, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20. He didn't do 14 out of 15, I don't think. I'm going to go with Manning. All right. Miami won the in- five NCAA football national titles from 1983 to 2001 with four different coaches raising the trophy. Who is the one coach to win multiple titles with the Hurricanes? Uh, so you had four different coaches that won? Yep. I kind of think it might have been Larry Coker. So you had Johnson, Coker, Butch Davis, and Dennis Erickson. Erickson was not a multi-time winner, I don't think. Isn't it weird that Larry Coker could be the guy? Jay, Jimmy Johnson, I don't think he won two. So, and I don't think Davis won two. So I'm going to go with Larry Coker. Villanova holds the, in, holds the NCAA tournament record for highest seed number to ever win the title. What seed were they when they set the record in 1985? Villanova, I think, might have been an 11. I'm going to go with an 11 seed. All right. Well, we have something extremely rare today, which is a very, very wow. low-scoring tiebreaker. I did not see this one wow. coming at all. So we're going to have to go to the tiebreaker here between Randy and Nick. Nick, here are the rules of the tiebreaker. I will say the question. We'll give Randy a moment to write down his answer. You will then say your answer audibly. We will then follow that up with Randy Carricker's answer audibly so he doesn't change it. No chicanery is going on for anybody in any ways. And then we'll see who the winner of this fight is. Nick, do you understand those rules? Yep. All right, Randy, are you ready with your piece of paper? Ready. Okay, a couple days ago we talked about how Joey Votto is going to pass Albert Pools with starts mm-hmm. at first base when it, when he hits 2,000 most likely this season. So, you know it's under 2,000, so my question for you is, how many starts at first base did Albert Pujols finish his career with? How many starts at first base did Albert Pujols finish his career with? And I will give you the one hint. It is below 2,000. How many starts did at first base did Albert Pujols finish his career with? Going to wait for Randy Carricker to write down his answer here in a moment, Nick. Carrie's peeking like it's a grade school class. And Randy (laughs) Carricker, that is okay. (laughs) And (laughs) Nick, what is your guess, my friend? Uh, Let's go with 1,725. 1,725. And Randy, your guess on the piece of paper? My guess on the piece of paper was 1,945. 
All right, that means we have a winner of this fight. Was Nick able to leg it out with a low-scoring win here in the fight, or did Randy Carricker keep on rolling through the weekend of Friday with a win, this time in the tiebreaker? Ring that bell. The winner and still champion of the fight, Randy Carricker. Just win, baby. This is absolutely unbelievable. We have four multiple choice questions, and between you two, there was eight total questions. You you each only got one correct here, but out of nowhere, I'm going to go right now to the tiebreaker because Randy Carricker wins this one. How many starts at first base did Albert Pujols finish his career with? Randy, what was your guess again? 1,945, sir. Nick guessed 1,725. The correct answer is 1,945. <laughs> How? I gave you, you, had, you, you could have taken multiple choice in one of the other ones, but no, just decided to hit dead on the number, one out of 2,000. Let's go through the other answers in this fight. Last night, Craig Ruby gained the fifth person in NHL history to play 1,000 games and coach 500 games. Despite us, most of us associating him with the Flyers, as both Nick and Randy did, he actually played 323 games for the Flyers and 419 for the Washington Capitals in three different stints. Tom Brady th- threw for over 4,000 yards in his final season. I forgot that was Big the, Ben, didn't they? 14th different time he reached that mark. Who's the only other QB? It was Peyton Manning. Philip Rivers is actually tied with Drew Brees. Each of them have 12 4,000-yard seasons. Miami won five NCAA national football titles from 83 to 2001. Let's go through them really quickly. 83, the head coach was Howard Schnellenberger. 87 was Jimmy Johnson. 89 was Dennis Erickson. 91 was Dennis Erickson. And 01 was Larry Coker. It is Dennis Erickson, the one coach with the two titles for the Hurricanes. And Villanova was an eight seed, the lowest or highest, depending on which way you want to look at it, seed to ever win the NCAA tournament back in 1985. That was a 1-1 tie between Nick and Randy, and then Randy somehow got the jack on the tiebreaker. It's because like, late in the season, I had looked, and it was like 1941. <laughs> <laughs> Tack four on, and I think that's going to be good. So Randy yeah. Carricker wins this version of the fight. Nick, that was an incredibly tough fight. You did a great job taking it to the tiebreaker. Thank you so much for joining the fight in the show today. All right, guys, thanks. Good job, Randy. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. I I almost did like a a positive one where I was like, did I get the number of our pools starts right? Or is Randy Randy just that good? That was incredible. One for four. And then that might be the lowest. I've never seen you only get one correct. Yeah. That that shocked me, Randy. That that was well, good job to you, Rock, that you picked out the question. And there was no controversies. Redemption uh, for Rockio. Uh, Redemption for Rockio. I'm sorry, what? They got a little controversy because in my <laughs> ear, one Rock, Matthew Rockio says to me, I can't believe you didn't get Schnellenberger's name correct. You stumbled a little bit on it. Yeah. I was a little disappointed. What does that say? What does that say, Randy? Randy tell me what that name says. Number three. Uh, number three. Howard Schnellenberger. Does it say Schnellenberger? Yes. Oh, no, it says Schellenberger. Okay. Hey, it does say Schellenberger. Yep. <laughs> It yeah. doesn't say Schnellenberger. I'm just trying. Okay. <laughs> Controversy. Just making sure. Hey, hey, look at it four or five times, sir. There's a, uh, a lot of ends in there. Yeah, there's one missing. <laughs> <laughs> I missed one name and that name I'm going to take it. I'm going to take it as a winner. Yeah, there we go. But, but the fact that you whispered in my ear, hey, you can't get Schnellenberger correct. You also admitted that you tripped yourself up on uh, Howard. Well, I was trying to say Howard. I said, ha, ha. And I couldn't get Howard out. 
then Schnellenberger just I didn't have a it chance. Was, it was only because right before we went to the fight, I was like, Brooke, you, we we get on all the questions. She's like, Yeah, I'm like, I'm like, well, Kerry's got three. He'll be able to say Schnellenberger without any issues. <laughs> Look at it, I pay attention. I didn't even re- it didn't register. <laughs> My bad. Hey, BK is going to be over at the Hooters in Fairview Heights today from 5 to 7. Kickoff St. Patrick's Day in the college basketball tournament. Going to be a bikini contest at 8 o'clock tonight at the Fairview really? Heights Hooters. Yeah, yeah, they do that over there. Word on the street is that Randy's going. Word on the street is that Randy's going to be a part of it. Yeah, no doubt about that. <laughs> uh, plus, enjoy their two new basketball bundles of Hooters world-famous wings, buffalo shrimp, and fries served up with a nice cold beer. That's this Wednesday, 5 to 7, with BK at the Hooters in Fairview Heights. I have actually retired from participating in bikini contests, Brooke, so there. I'm not going to be there tonight. Come out of retirement just for this, for BK, right? <laughs> just for Support. BK, huh? <laughs> <laughs> and first round action of the tournament tips off today and tomorrow, and 101 ESPN is getting in on the madness with a live broadcast at Max Downtown Alton. Going to be live at Max with BK and Ferrario from 11 to 2, Fast Lane from 2 to 6, delicious food. The coldest beer, plenty of screens to watch all of the first round madness and more. Plus, we'll have your chance to score a pair of tickets to Metallica at the Dome on Sunday, November 5th. No, November 5th, the BK and Ferrario and the Fast Lane are both live today and tomorrow for the tourney at Max Downtown Alton. Next up, Aaron Rodgers. We saw a white puff of smoke yesterday. We'll tell you about it next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. I haven't been holding anything up at this point. It's been compensation that the Packers are trying to get uh, for me and kind of digging their heels in. So I would just, uh, <laughs> I think it is interesting at this point to step back and look at the whole picture. Um, you know, my side, love and appreciation, gratitude for everything that Green Bay has done for me. Love, so much love and gratitude and just heart open for the Packer fans yeah. and what it meant to be their quarterback. And also the reality of the situation, you know, like it is what it is. That's Aaron Rodgers yesterday on the Pat McAfee show. A lot of love, a lot of gratitude from Aaron Rodgers, who, oh, by the way, last year took the Packers through uh, an offseason in which they didn't know whether he was going to play or not. The season before, it was even a longer time. And actually... For all of the love and gratitude that Aaron Rodgers displays towards Packer fans, maybe he hasn't realized that in Green Bay, many, many homes have yard signs that say, Go Pack. That's all they say is, Go Pack. Many people in Green Bay have taken a Sharpie to their yard signs and put above Go Pack, Hey, Aaron. Go pack. So I don't know that the fan base is completely on board with Aaron Rodgers at this stage. I think they've kind of had enough. And if I'm the Packers, you've got the Jets backed into a corner now, especially with Rodgers saying that he intends to be there and all the other good quarterbacks being off the shelf. Yeah. If you're the if you're the Jets, where else are you going to go? If you're the Packers, why not hold up the Jets? Yeah, I, if you are, I'm, I, I don't know. It's interesting to me because if you are the 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 Jets, I was listening to it earlier. Keyshawn J. Will and Max this morning, they were saying that Mike Tannenbaum was saying that the that the Packers have all the leverage, and I'm thinking to myself, how how is that possible when 
He said he doesn't want to be there. You're going to have to pay him $60 million. You want to see what this young quarterback is able to do in Jordan Love, who you have not been able to see mm-hmm. for an entire season because of Aaron Rodgers. How do you have all of the the, the cards in your favor? If I'm, if I'm the Jets, I feel like, yeah, we need a quarterback. We, we definitely need a quarterback. But – I don't know that I need to give up so much to get a quarterback that doesn't want to be there, that the team that is trading him doesn't want to be there either, and is owed $60 million. But if you're the Jets, you've already signed Alan Lazard, you've reached out yeah. to Cobb and Lewis, you're all in now. You um, are. Uh, and Aaron Rodgers has said, I intend to play for the Jets. So I think that's where Green Bay is coming from. They know that everybody that is in the Aaron Rodgers universe, plans on him being with the Jets. Yeah. I also thought it was interesting, too, how he reacted to the supposed wish list and how he didn't really like those comments, or I guess he kind of said a demands list as well, too. My question (laughs) is, what is this also going to mean for Zach Wilson, too, Mm -hmm. moving forward? And then you saw all over social media his past comments that he said earlier this year that if another quarterback comes in, he's going to make their life what, like... Bad, essentially. <laughs> He's from Utah. I don't think he says H-E double hockey sticks, but you know. He, he sleeps with his mom's best friend. Come oh, on. He's that's a, a rumor. Uh, a rumor, uh, supposedly. A, but I, those those, those comments are kind of coming back up to the surface, too. So what will that d- dynamic be like, and what does that also mean for yeah. the Jets? Yeah. I, I, that's why I, that's also why I feel that the Jets have the the advantage. You still have a quarterback on your roster that you drafted second overall. You may not think that obviously you don't think that he's good enough to play, but someone thought he was good enough to play because they drafted him so high. They don't know. They don't know. <laughs> but I, I, I mean, if I'm the Jets, there's no way I'm going above and beyond because the Packers have to make this trade. It's in their best interest. Mm-hmm. If Aaron Rodgers goes back to to Green Bay, plays another year, Jordan Love is on will be in his fourth year, which means the Packers have to make a decision to pick up a fifth year option on a man that they have not yet seen play. A first round draft pick. If I'm the Jets, I have everything in my favor. I'm going to figure it out without giving up multiple first round picks for a man that is going to play one year, who's 39 years old, who may or may not want to play two years. I, I have the advantage, and he wants to play for us. I'm not going above and beyond if I'm if I'm the New York Jets in this moment. Rodgers on making vision. So when they drafted Jordan, you know, this conversation would have happened a lot sooner had I not won, you know, back-to-back COVID MVPs. Um, so we come off of last year with uh, obviously missing the playoffs. I didn't have an MVP season. Um, you know, I was interested in where they would be at. Uh, mentally, everything that I was told in the week that I was in Green Bay was take as long as you want and, you know, we want you to retire, Packer. Uh, you know, you want to come back and play. Obviously, the door is wide open. Um, so that was the information that I was going that was, that was going on. Now, when I came out of the darkness, something changed. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure what that was, but something changed. When I, I think maybe it was that you went into the darkness. <laughs> Might be it. <laughs> You know, what what said, man, this guy statement. is crazy as hell. What, what, yeah. what are yeah. we doing? Why have we wasted? We we drafted this kid, this young man in Jordan Love, to take over for Aaron Rodgers, and we have yet to see him play. 
which is why the Packers are at a disadvantage. You basically wasted, which is also why the Packers are trying to get more draft picks in return mm-hmm. because they realize they have taken all of these years, three years. If you go another year with Jordan Love sitting on the bench, you are in a terrible position. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm cool either way. Send me to the Jets, I get paid my money. Keep me here, I get paid my money. And I get to mess up your future for your quarterback draft Mm -hmm. because you made a decision that I didn't like three or four years ago. If this goes down the road and the Jets go out and sign Lamar Jackson or whatever, Aaron Rodgers isn't playing for the Packers again. They'll just cut him after June 1st. But the, the yes, but the cap hit that they have to take. There's, either there's, way, they're taking a cap hit. That's that's money just being thrown away. Yeah, and I either know way, it's NFL money being known, thrown away. Well, not if he's playing. If he's playing, you, if he's on the roster and playing, he's starting. And and Jordan Love is watching. Right, but their cap hit was the guaranteed money that yes. they already gave him. Yeah. So it, yes, if he's playing for the Jets next year, he'll get a significant amount of money Correct. from the Jets. But the money is already in Aaron Rodgers' pocket in terms of the cap hit, the $50 million. And, and by the way, the Packers are not going to be good because of the fact that they have $50 million of their cap that's already allotted to Aaron Rodgers, yeah. and he's not going to be playing for them. That's Brooke. That's Kerry. I'm Randy. Coming up, we're going to uh, have a little rush hour reset for you. Take a look at uh, what's going on in the world of sports here on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. It's time to break down the biggest sports story of the day on the Opening Drive with today's big thing. Brought to you by Clubhouse Turf, your exclusive partner of Celebrity Greens. We're redefining private golf. But he leaves the net. Minnesota gets it. Backdoor. Shoot. Score. Hartman. And here, and we, go, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. And then Bennington's going after Hartman with a stick. And here we go. Here comes Flurry. Here comes Flurry. Yeah, he's coming there he down goes. on Bennington. Flurry's Bennington. coming all the way down. Flurry, Flurry looks at Bennington. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. You got to let him go. And a linesman won't let Flurry get in on Bennington. Bennington was willing to go. Last night, an 8-5 win for the Wild over the Blues, and that was definitely the highlight of the game. And the low light was that the officials would not let Marc-Andre Fleury and Jordan Binnington go at it. It's 9.06, your time check brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Brooke and Carrie. I'm Randy, and kids, this is what you missed out on. Got in a swing, and Cummins went flying to the ice, and Jim Cummins get into a great fight. Now Probert's going to go with Lowry. Everybody goes. Then Zombo and McCrimmon, and everybody pairs up. It's out of control. McCrimmon's down on the ice. Zombo, here comes Shovel Day. He'll be thrown out of the game. Shovel Day. Now Joseph gets into it. Joseph grabs Shovel Day, and the two goalies go at it, head to head, and Joseph with three great rights to Shovel Day. And we've got some terrific fights going on. That's what you missed out on because the stupid NHL doesn't allow goalie fights anymore. Yeah, that was uh, unfortunate. Randy, I was watching this again, and, and I have I told you about my rule earlier we had at Illinois. We're not going to lose two two in one day. We lose the game. We're not going to lose the fight. The other, other rule that I had is if I'm about to fight, don't grab me. Grab him. 
<laughs> do not grab me. <laughs> grab him. I am going to swing, and I don't want to get swung on while my arms are tied down because you're grabbing me. And the referee grabbed a hold of Jordan Bennington. He really can't throw him off, but, sir, hey, this guy's coming to punch me in the face. Don't mm-hmm. grab me. Go get him. Please. There's simple rules to fighting. Craig Berube on what precipitated this little set two with Ryan Hartman running Jordan Bennington after scoring a goal. Well, he went right in the crease and hit Bennington, so Benner you know, reacted, which I don't really have a problem with. Like, I mean, the guy went right in there, and now you know, I'm not going to condone hitting like he did. It's going to be a match every time, but he's reacting on what Hartman did. And one of the things that we've wondered about this morning is, should other Blues have stepped in against Hartman to protect Jordan Bennington? Well, they maybe could have. I, you know, I got. I'm, I don't know if they saw it or, you know, they scored a goal. Guys, you know, are turning their heads, whatever, you know. Um, so, not sure if anybody saw it. A lot of people around the country are bothered by the antics at times of Jordan Bennington. Craig Berube, what do you think? Well, yeah, I think, you know, at that moment, you know what Hartman did. Uh, you know, it's you know it's going to be it's, it's tough sometimes. You know, I you know I'm not going to sit here and say, well, he should just take it. I mean, something for me needs to be done. Well, and also Hartman even made comments after the game that he knew what was happening there because there was some chirping beforehand with Bennington and the bench. And Hartman says, look, I know what kind of player Bennington is. I knew I could get in his head a little bit, essentially, is what he said in his postgame comments. And so he was looking to agitate him. As for the Mark andre Fleury side, I thought this was really interesting because this adds to it even more. After the game, Mark andre Fleury said, one of the guys said that he hit, talking about Bennington, Hit them in the nuts. In the nutsack. Can I say that? Nutsack. Uh-huh. He said it. That's proper, it right? When I saw <laughs> when I saw him throw another one at our guy, that was the time, which was his thoughts leading into that battle between him and Mark Andre Fleury. But I thought that was interesting. So there's even more back and forth going on between the two. Yeah, I, I think, you know, Jordan Bennington is well within his right to be upset. I think the thing that as a teammate, as a as a former player, uh, the thing that upsets me, you, you see Justin Falk see Bennington get clipped and, and spun around, and he starts to go at Hartman and then kind of has a change of heart and then decides once Bennington is going there, he's trying to stop him. But as a teammate, I said this earlier, we see so many Blues players in the face of opposing goalies, and you see three, four, five uh, opposing team players pushing that player out of the crease, punching him in the face, hitting them, hitting them, pushing them. When our team has players opposing players in their face, in our goalie's face, we don't respond in the same manner. And there is a, a level of aggression that is required in professional sports. It, it's it's oftentimes, you know, we, we would play the Baltimore Ravens and the, the mindset was the most physical team is going to win the game. It's not about X's and O's. It's about who is going to be the more physical mm-hmm. team. That's part of the game in order to win. And if you are always turning your back or walking away teams understand that that's who you are and they are going to bring it to you even more they are going to challenge you they're going to stand in front of your goal they are going to do all of the things that you will not do to move them away because they know that's not in you and that's what you're seeing from from opposing teams when they play the blues no one fears anyone because there's nothing to fear no one's putting Mm -hmm. fear in them Exactly. Well, and Jordan Bennington 
Of course, after that happens, there's a lot of back and forth. We saw how the national, international media even reacted to this as well. So after the second period, here is Henry Lundquist, his reaction to Bennington. I remember giving up five goals. I just wanted to hide behind a rock or something, just disappear. (laughs) I would definitely not wave to the crowd. Uh, But, you know, as a goal, you have different ways to get into a sweet spot when you're focused and you're making good decisions. And to me, if I overreacted to things, it was just a sign to me that I'm not on top of my game. And J.K. even said that, you know, we've seen this season where sometimes Bennington maybe overreacts a little bit. First of all, he wasn't waving to the crowd. He was amping up the mm-hmm. crowd. On wrestling <laughs> night. Yeah, on wrestling night. Ric Flair had to have been proud to see that happen. Um but it is it is very polarizing at times. But what are you going to do? I mean, for Bennington, he's going to stick to his guns. People know he's a fiery guy. So that's what you got. You got a fiery Bennington sticking up for himself and trying to, seems like, amp up his teammates as well, too. I don't think that Jordan Bennington is a typical goalie. I don't think that there's any comparison between Jordan Bennington and his demeanor and Henrik Lundqvist when he was playing so well for the Rangers and his demeanor. And we have seen people chirp at Jordan Bennington before, i.e. the Winnipeg Jets in the 2019 playoffs, and then he goes and shuts them out a couple of times in a row. And right now, his team isn't set up for him to provide the sort of performance that he gave the Blues in 2019. And that's another frustrating aspect of this for Bennington. He's an intense competitor and wants to be on a team that has a chance to win. Not only for Bennington, but what, what was Craig Berube's role in the NHL? What, what did he do? Enforcer. What was his job? He, had a, he spent a lot of time in the penalty box, correct? Mm-hmm. As a coach... Who th- th- we often talk about our teams are a reflection of us as coaches, right? This has to be infuriating for him at times, watching his team not respond to aggression by other teams. It's one thing to be the aggressor and just doing you know, things that are, are, are ignorant just because. But there's another thing when a team is being aggressive towards you in, an, in, a, in a nature and you don't respond accordingly. That, to me, mm-hmm. as a coach... I've I've watched it some of my teams in the past. It drives me crazy. If I'm if I'm Craig Berube, there has to be moments where he's like, "What the hell are we doing? Yeah, it's gotta why be do we not respond when people punch us in the face? Yeah, literally, when we get punched in the face, we don't respond. That to me is probably one of the things that keeps him up at night. Yep. The Cardinals have the best record in the Grapefruit League, ten and five. They beat the Mets yesterday, four to one. Take on the Astros again today. So uh, let's go cards and March Madness starting today. You've got a couple of games of local interest. M I Z Z O U. I know Kerry's not going to say Z O U. They take on Utah State at twelve forty. <laughs> Illinois and Arkansas at three thirty. And we'll have. Uh, Action for you. First round games tonight at 6 o'clock here on 101 ESPN. All right, there you're up to date on what's going on in the world of sports with today's big thing coming up. We're going to talk some blues hockey and talk about Binner with Jeremy Rutherford next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the opening drive podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Time for the Rutherford Report on 101 ESPN. Anything you folks want to know about the fascinating world of pro hockey, here we go. Our buddy Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues insider from The Athletic. 
is bothered by the fact that we don't allow goalies to fight anymore. He remembers Day and Joseph <laughs> as, as a youngster, and he's with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line. And I see, as I look at The Athletic here, that Jeremy Rutherford posted a story three hours ago on The Athletic. Good morning, sir. How are you doing? Hey, good morning, guys. Good morning. Yeah, I, I definitely do uh, remember Day and Joseph, and it's funny you say that because last night as you're writing the story, and you try not to you know go overboard, but you're trying to make a point as to what a wild night it was. And so, Randy, I have a line in the story that says, you know, last night, Bennington and uh, Flurry, it almost made us forget Day and Joseph. And I had a fan this morning in the comment section say, we're never going to forget that. How could you say that? <laughs> well, obviously, no, no Blues fan will ever forget that night. It was the stupid Red Wings and their insufferable fans who we should have punched out that night. And it was right at the beginning of the game, and it was a rivalry, and it was a line brawl. It was old-school great hockey. And we were actually listening to the, the audio earlier. Ken Wilson, with one of the great hockey calls ever, it really is. Were you at that game? No, I was no, at that I was game. I, it, it's unforgettable. It was wild. Brad McCrimmon coming out of the penalty, or, and uh, Cummins, Jim Cummins, both came out of the penalty box after they had put him in there. It was wild. It was great. This is what hockey should be. <laughs> it was great. I think I was working at Red Lobster back in the kitchen in those days, and I uh, taped the, <laughs> I, I taped the game. Brooke, that's when you put a VCR tape into the VCR <laughs> and, and you tape it, and uh, and I watched it about one o'clock in the morning. So I, I do recall it, but. But what a wild night. Gosh, when you got a job where you go to the arena and uh, you have no idea what's going to happen. Last night was definitely one of those nights. In fact, you have to prepare. You have to plan a little bit. So I was uh, initially writing a story about Craig Berube and and, kind of showing some appreciation for what he's done. I actually sat in the first period in Tom Stillman's box and was talking to him about Craig Berube. And I figured, oh, I'll go back to my computer and write a story about uh, Craig Berube. And then I looked down on the ice and all heck breaks loose. And I realized, oh, that, that <laughs> story, story might go another day. Jeremy, I was old enough for VCRs and stuff like that. Come on. Come on. Well, I asked, I asked John Kelly about this earlier, and I want to ask you as well, because it seems like national fans and local fans are kind of divided on this. Jordan Bennington stealing the show last night. He has those fiery moments. We've seen them a lot. We saw it last night as well. Do you think it's more for his game when he does that or for the team's game and trying to amp them up? Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both. Obviously, he needs it or he wouldn't do it. And obviously, because you know we haven't seen it two or three times, we've seen it seven or eight times, right? So <laughs> you know, I think he, he probably needs it. But when you do talk to him, he says uh, he, he feels like, He's trying to feel out the moment, you know, what what does the team need? You know, and I've spoken to his uh, agent, Mike Liute, who uh, Randy and everybody's familiar with, the former Blues goalie, and he said, hey, you know, he knows what makes him tick, and he tries to pick his spots. I guess the problem is, the problem is there's been so many times where you're watching it, uh, let's just say you're a national fan or you're somebody, you know, watching around the league, and you see it, and it doesn't really do anything. It doesn't mean anything. You know, he doesn't lock down the door and, and shut out the game and win the game. And then everybody kind of looks at it as, why is he even doing this stuff? And, you know, so last night, let's just say that he fights Flurry. And let's say that uh, it's this world classic fight and everybody's going nuts. Everybody's talking about it. And then Bennington locks down the door and, and the Blues come back and win the game. Well, then I think it's viewed a little differently. I, I think it's the way these things sometimes turn out for Jordan Bennington that just gets everybody 
outside of St. Louis and some people inside St. Louis shaking their heads. You know, JR, I think one of the things that when you're talking about national media, they're not watching every game, so to speak. So when you're watching the Blues every single night, you're seeing that teams are, are constantly in his face, in his crease, and, and no one responds on the team accordingly, as opposed to when Blues are in opposing goals face, you got four or five guys pushing them out. Could that level of frustration be setting in for Jordan and, and him saying, you know what, you all aren't going to stand up for me. I have to stand up for myself. Yeah, I think there could be an element of that. Now, Jordan Bennington has never said, even off to the side, hey, i got to do it because nobody else on my team will. I've never heard anything like that. But when you see a goaltender have to do that for himself, you know, it lends you to, uh, to, to wonder. So last night, that's exactly what I asked uh, Braden Chen. I said, you know, hey, in that type of situation, when guys don't respond, Jordan has to uh, do it himself. You know, is it a situation where maybe you guys didn't, see the play, and, and Braden Chen said, yeah, we just get scored on. We're kind of looking into the clouds. We're upset that we gave up a goal. All of a sudden, you turn around and you see it's going on. So, you know, I don't think it's that teammates don't want to respond, uh, but I think that it's happened so many times that it's legit to question it. But, you know, you see what Braden Chen does after the fact, once he realizes what happens, is he tries to, to take on Hartman and fight him. So, you know, I think that they, they, they want to help him. It just When you're watching the games, it's happened so many times that you have to wonder what's going on in that situation. JR, what's great about this for the Blues is that it was an entertaining, memorable loss. And I don't think the Blues are going to be able to get into a situation where they can get the top pick in the draft, but it's a game in which Blues fans at the building got their money's worth, but they didn't get any closer to jumping up in the standings. Yeah, I've seen so much of that, Randy, this morning, just flipping through the phone, uh, that people are saying, uh, I'm glad I was down there. I'm glad I stayed up and watched it. And I'm even more glad for the loss. <laughs> yep. that's, that's where Blues fans uh, are right now. So, uh, yeah, it would have been interesting to see the Blues get a goal, couple goals and come back and feed off that Bennington and, and then probably would have had some uh, upset Blues fans that they won. What about Jakub Verana also? Of course, this all gets buried in what happened with Bennington last night, but you have to give props to him. I mean, he got stitches, and then he was out there on the ice and had the bubble on, but still, what about his performance? Yeah, Brooke, so yesterday I was uh, walking down outside the locker room and did not know what happened to uh, Verana. I, yesterday wasn't uh, watching the ice when it happened. Uh, but uh, So I'm walking through the lower bowl, and you've been through there before, and all of a sudden here he comes walking towards me, and I look, and like his face is just covered in gauze and tape. And So you kind of ask around and find out uh, what happened there. So he got 25 stitches mm. in the face. He caught a stick, I'm sorry, uh, a skate. I think it was Alexandra caught a skate in the face and, and, and cut him. And so uh, he gets the uh, fishbowl comes out and skates with that over his face and two beautiful goals that he scored last night. Now that, when he scored those goals, that's when I was sitting in Tom Stillman's box and he was just marveling. He was like, he, he's got to wear this fishbowl forever. You know, like, <laughs> this is great. But yeah, so he's had a couple moments, I think, in his short time with the Blues. But uh, that speed, that shot, that uh, execution last night, that was probably the best we've seen him. J.R. Lawson, all the chaos last night was uh, Bucinavich playing center again and getting three goals. What did you think about his performance? Yeah, just terrific. Uh, you know, it's it's a loss, and it's a big loss. You know, 8-5, you look at the scoreboard. Uh, but if you're stepping back, Kerry, and thinking big picture about this team, you already know that you got a good player in Buchnevich, a guy that you can build around. And more and more, you're seeing a guy who can uh, who can play the middle. And I think that uh, with Buchnevich, you're always going to be able to move him back to the wing. And we saw that last night. Craig Ruby did that as well. And he had that, uh, that goal with uh, Kyra and Thomas. 
but uh, gets the hat trick tonight. And, you know, obviously, uh, Buchnevich and the Blues wish that would have been in a 6-3 to three win as opposed to an 8-5 loss. Uh, but I think this point in the season with where the Blues are at, uh, you got to think big picture, and Buchnevich continues to show you that he's that guy. If you don't have uh, Jeremy Rutherford's book, 100 Things Blues Fans Should Know and Do Before They Die, you should get it. You can get it on Amazon today. JR, it seems I recall that the Brendan Shanahan mouth being cut open story 100 point uh, yeah 100 points 50 goals 200 penalty minutes that story is in the book correct yeah it is yeah yeah uh, i don't recall that uh, that Brendan Shanahan was wearing a bubble when he came back with like 140 <laughs> stitches that ripped off his lip yeah. hmm. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think he was yeah you guys know that uh, famous story where he's he's in the back and uh, Kelly Chase is kind of egging him on to get back out there. And, and I think Mike Crusoe of the Blues told him that uh, he was a few penalty minutes short of, of becoming one of the uh, first or second people in league history to have 50 goals and a couple hundred penalty minutes. And so uh, Brendan Shanahan went back out on the ice and, and fought Keith Kachuk, right? So that was uh, a situation that uh, he did not have a bubble. Uh, but you know that the rest of the story, Randy, is he, go, he goes to the bar with uh, Kelly Chase afterwards and Charlie Spoonhauer, the, the former Billiken coach, Said Kelly, I wish uh, I wish your buddy didn't get hurt. I wish we could see him here tonight at the bar talking about Brendan. <laughs> and Kelly Chase says, "Oh, he's here." And Brendan Shanahan turns around and he's got the beer pressed up against his face. So, <laughs> I sit down. And another part of that was uh, they were. It was a long time ago. I think it was 1994, so a really long time ago. And uh, Shanny is laying on the training room table. Says to Chaser, "Oh, I look." <laughs> Chaser goes over above him and says, "Well, I'll tell you this: more chicks for Chaser." <laughs> more chicks for Chaser. Oh man! Also, real quick, you ran into Ric Flair last night too. Did it, did he wish that that battle had between Mark Andre Fleury and Bennington? So, Brooke, last night when all that's going down, as a writer, you know, you guys know, as media members, you're thinking, "What do I got to do? Who do I got to talk to?" And I think, "Oh my gosh, I got to talk to Ric Flair." So I text somebody and I said, where is Ric Flair? And they said, security's taking him down the elevator right now. You're probably going to miss him. But if you want to catch him, hurry. So I took my Chris Farley butt running down the stairs and through <laughs> elevators. And I'm trying to find Ric Flair. And this elevator opens up and there he is. And I jump on and I'm standing next to Ric Flair. And I asked the person next to him, hey, do you mind if I ask him a question? They said, if he's willing. So I turn and I say, hey, Mr. Flair, what do you think about that? Brooke, I think he mumbled something with a drink in his hand for about two minutes. I I didn't catch most of it, but at one point he said, hell yeah, I wish they would have let him go. But uh, uh, then he went into uh, a bunch of other stuff. That just goes back to what I'm saying. Little did I know when I woke up yesterday morning that I'd be interviewing Ric Flair on an elevator at midnight talking about a, a goalie fight between Bennington and Marc-Andre Fleury. That's awesome. <laughs> JR, you're always the best. You have great work up at The Athletic about last night in Jordan Bennington. People should check that out if they don't have a subscription to The Athletic. They should go get that today because we use it all the time. Have a great day, sir. Thank you. Yep, you guys too. Thanks. Yep, Jeremy Rutherford, our Blues Insider from The Athletic here on 101 ESPN. Coming up, Brooke and Carrie and Randy each have, and Matthew here too, we each have four locks for today in the NCAA tournament. That's next on 101 ESPN. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. There should be at least one 
selection in the first round and one selection in the second round of your bracket that makes you wildly uncomfortable. That you look at and you say, there's no way that this team is going to win. It's almost like fading yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like, you should have at least one 12, 13, maybe even a 14 seed go to the Sweet 16. I'm going to cough for you guys. <laughs> there we go. You were just so stunned with what he said, I, I, right? I was, that was yeah. it. You were just Taking so stunned. Back. Yeah. So that, that's our friend Tyler uh, Fulgham from ESPN. He was with us the other day. Good to have him with us. And I like that idea. And that's why we have had the recommendation that each of us pick four locks for today. And guys, I actually... I, I have some, and I know that you guys are going to say, well, you're a total homer, H-O-M-E-R, okay. and I am, mm-hmm. but I'm going to take the seventh-seeded Mizzou Tigers over 10th seed Utah State. Who are actually uh, favored. That's a lock for me. And apparently the line right now is apparently down to, it's pounded down to an even one. So, so that half okay. point apparently has dropped off. Mizzou's still uh, the underdog. It is yeah. apparently one point Utah now. Utah State so is the favorite. Here are, are my point. four locks. All right. I'm also going with your Illini over like an Arkansas team that's in disarray. Guys, I'm I am not all in on the SEC today. So I've really? got yeah, yeah, I've got Mizzou beating Utah State. I've got Arkansas losing to Illinois. I have the number 10 seed Penn State beating Texas A&M. That's a good bet. That's a good one. Yeah, Penn State is really good. They've won five of their last six. They're hot. And then here's my big one. I've got 13th seeded Louisiana beating number four Tennessee. Uh, The four seed volunteers are only four and six in their last 10 and have not played well in any of those last 10. So I've got Tennessee losing to Louisiana and that's a lot. Well, Ziegler, Ziegler's out there leading scorer. He tore his ACL. So I think that's pretty fair mm-hmm. with that one. I mean, Tennessee has been great, but when you don't have him and he's been fantastic for him, I, I don't know. I don't know if you can go with them moving forward. So I feel good about my four. All right. For me, obviously, Illinois winning that one. Mm-hmm. I will also say Mizzou, even though they are a one-point underdog in that game, I had them picked to go to the Sweet 16. We'll know early on if they're not hitting shots and uh, Utah State is is making theirs, they can score. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. But I, I do have them. You know what, Randy? There is a team, the Arizona State Sun Devils, mm-hmm. playing TCU, 11 versus a 6. That's an interesting game for me that I think is going to be a good game for the Sun Devils. I'm going to pick them to win that one. And then my last one, which I had I had a different one, but I'm not going to go that way. I'll tell you about it in a second. I'll go Penn State, uh, excuse me, Pitt versus Iowa State as uh, Pitt winning that one. Okay. Now, the one that I was thinking, which, you know, it's only happened once oh, ever. Yep. Once ever. But that would be one uh, fairly Dickinson versus uh, – Purdue, 16 versus a 1. And if you heard what the head coach, Tobin Anderson, said after their play-in win, he said, I want Purdue to hear this. The more we watch them, the more we think we can beat them. So, (laughs) I mean, (laughs) he's talking the talk. So, if Purdue was going to sleepwalk through the game, they're awake now, and we'll see. They'll get their best shot. All right. Brooke, how about your four? So, I even pulled up. I, I have my bracket pulled up on our 101 ESPN Bracket Madness. And um, looking right now, so I'm also high on Mizzou. And this is why I'm going to be high on Mizzou. I'm looking at one player. You always have that one player, right, in the NCAA tournament that's that X factor. 
for me, it's Demoy Hodge. How he performed in the SEC tournament, especially in that Tennessee game in the quarterfinals, a career-high 26 points. You felt like he was kind of scoring that he didn't get as many honors, especially defensively. He has 86 steals. And when you've seen, in a lot of these games where they're close, you look to Demoy Hodge. When he provides that mm-hmm. spark and he provided that spark against Tennessee, I mean, they are pretty much unstoppable, it feels like. I always look to him. I feel like he's going to be huge in this NCAA tournament. So I have, of course, Mizzou moving on. I even have them going to the Sweet 16, so I'm going to get a little bit further with that one. Um, I also have Alabama moving all the way to the Final Four. That's going to be my lock. And I have Texas actually moving past Texas A&M as well because there's Mm. some teams in the SEC that I'm not super high on. And then... I have Houston going all the way in this one, and that's because of Marcus Sasser because he is absolutely fantastic, averages 17 points per game. Now, I know that he's dealing with a groin injury, but I feel like that's something that he'll be able to work through, and I feel like Houston has a really easy path to that Final Four mm-hmm. as well. Yeah, they probably have the easiest bracket. Yeah. I mean, others, you know. <laughs> you look you, at it, you're like, yeah. what? how did you get this? <laughs> yeah, they, they really did get the luck of the draw. Uh, Houston has a has a great opportunity. Hey, and we want you to get signed up to play in this year's Bracket Madness Now, the Pick'em Challenge, available at 101ESPN.com. Just register to participate at 101ESPN.com. Fill out your bracket. It's free to enter. And this year's top score will take home a $250 Fanatics gift card and a 101 ESPN prize pack. See the contest rules and get signed up to play in Bracket Madness now at 101ESPN.com. Brought to you by Neutral and UTRL and Twin Peaks. Coming up on 101 ESPN, it's time for Rock and Roll. You're back to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Let's rock. Let's rock today. I will tell you guys that I am trying to find a way for Alabama to not win the national championship, and I'm having a difficult time. Not not going the way you wanted it to? I think they're going to win. I just, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm trying to find a reason that they, that they won't, and I'm having a difficult time. They, they well, may have the second easiest uh, yes. you know, bracket. <laughs> Sorry, the South is... Yeah, the Midwest seems pretty easy for Houston, but the South, uh, well, there are generally some upsets, but it seems like they could just walk through and make it there to the Final Four for sure. It's interesting you say that because yesterday there actually was a report that another Alabama basketball player was actually mm-hmm. at the shooting. It came out yesterday that in the car with Brandon Miller was a freshman for the Alabama basketball program that had not purportedly been there. My thought process on that is stories like this are what could stop Alabama from winning the, the national title, which is distractions and, more um. importantly, new, new stories being reported on during the tournament. Mm-hmm. It, I think it was clear that they tried to get ahead of it, things and try to clear the, the, you know, kind of clear the runway a little bit before the SEC tournament and into the NCAA tournament, but a new piece comes out on the eve of your first game of the NCAA tournament. I legitimately think that could be the thing that stops Alabama is the distractions. What do we got on rock and roll? Well, speaking of some basketball players who have gotten into a little bit of trouble, John Morant recently left a facility after going um, after after stepping away from the Memphis Grizzlies to try to learn a lesson after his uh, bad run of decisions. And right out of the gate, they decided to put him in a room and get an interview on ESPN. Jalen Rose um, conducted the interview, and this was kind of the big moment from John Morant where he talked about what he learned during his treatment and and what he's kind of learned here over the last few weeks. 
Just learning, you know, I can open up. I can express my feelings and that it's, you know, okay to be able to express your feelings. So, you know, I was constantly, you know, talking to therapists. I've been doing, you know, Reiki treatment. Um, I've been doing anxiety breathing, you know, different stuff to, you know, help me manage that and release, you know, all that stuff from my body. I feel like in the past we didn't, we didn't know what was at stake. And now, you know, finally me having that time um, to, you know, realize everything, have that time alone, I realize that now. I realize, you know, what I have to lose. I can't wait to be back out there on the floor now, you know, knowing what my punishment is. And, you know, I accept that. And, you know, I feel like I deserve, you know, that punishment for, you know, my mistakes and, you know, what I did. But um, when I get back out there, you know, I'm going to be ready to go and ready, you know, push for a ring. By the way, John Moran, he mentioned that he has been suspended eight games for conduct detrimental to the league by the NBA. Your thoughts on John Moran's comments there? Well, I've always thought that if I had the inclination to jump up on a stage and wave a firearm, that deep breaths would be something that would cause me to probably not do it as much. Well, uh, as long as you're not drinking, you tend to make better decisions. <laughs> a little bit better, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, hopefully he's he's learned, obviously, because quickly all of the things that you've worked or sacrificed for can be taken away from you and those that are around you haven't put in the work they're reaping the benefits they're having the great time you know they're going through all of the parties and the you know all of the social media you all are experiencing those moments together but at 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 8 a.m 9 a.m you're the one that has to get up and go work out you're the one that has to go put in the work in order for this party to continue and so at some point you have to be mature enough to say hey i gotta stop I got to step back. This is going to impact how everything that I'm trying to do in my life, in my career. And hopefully he's come to that point. Um, you know, it, it, I think drinking and alcohol might have been, may have been uh, uh, heavily mm-hmm. a part of his, his regimen. And so hopefully he can get that taken care of and, and not put himself in situations or circumstances that could potentially lose him his job or, or even his life. And remember, his entourage was accused of having a laser that was shining on members of the Indiana Pacers. And sometimes, many times I would guess, in sports, your entourage has their own best interests at heart, which probably aren't great, rather than your own best interests at heart. And my hope would be that John Morant would look more towards people like LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Shaquille O'Neal really fine ups by outward accounts fine upstanding people and have them be his emotional compass rather than and it's hard the people that he grew up with exactly well to your point he needs to get rid of rid of the yes men in his mm-hmm. life right you need to surround yourself with people friends family who are going to challenge you say hey what are you doing this is not okay. You're going to throw away your life, your career. As we know, things can derail really quickly. And it's it's very lucky lucky that nothing worse has happened thus far, not taking away any of the other harassment incidents. But it could be a lot worse. He needs to get rid of those fans or friends that have been around him. Oh, they're fans that, too. Well, mm-hmm. fan, exactly. Yeah. Fans. They're fans. But also, yeah. those are the same people who are going to cheer for your downfall too. Yeah. They, they see your success. They want you to you know, not have that success moving forward. Mm -hmm. He needs to get rid of those yes men in his life because those people are not going to help you succeed. They want you to do the bad stuff. They want you to spend all this crazy money. They want you to get into things. They're not looking for you or challenging you in a good way to move forward and succeed. If I am any young player coming into the league, 
uh, that is making tons and tons of money. I give LeBron a lot of crap for his on-court actions falling out when he doesn't get a call. You know, all the complaining. But what he has done off the court, his circle of friends, he not only uh, uh, they haven't lived off of him. They have made a living for themselves because mm-hmm. he put them in position, but they also put themselves in position, getting the degrees that were required, getting the information that was required to be his agent or run his companies. But he didn't just give them anything. They all worked together. They all grew together. And that is a, a, a group of men that when they look back at their lives, they say, hey, yeah, you've made <laughs> close to a billion dollars, LeBron, but we've made millions because we all made the the right decisions you were obviously the catalyst to help help us get into these positions but we all took the business and ran with it and did our best job i mean his best friend is dating adele yeah, uh, he, he's bad. doing a, a darn good job of of working his, him and his circle have done a great job of working together and being the best versions of themselves to help him and to help themselves as well yeah. and you just have to hope that ja can find the way to do the, those sorts of things because he is an exceptional talent, and by all accounts, he's a, a nice young man, but he just has to find the way to do the right thing. It's- Text from the 314 uh, uh, person said, my six-year-old daughter just said, if they're bad friends, they're not really your friends. Yep. That yes. young lady has it figured out <laughs> yep. already. Good At job. six. At six. At six. She's got it understood. Yep. Yeah. Is Considering he already missed some games to go to this treatment, is an eight-game suspension on top of it enough for... for Essentially enough of a punishment for John Morant. Well, it's eight games. They're already including the, the five that he's missed. So he'll be back on Monday. And I think that's, you know, I mean, that's a lot of games, the especially for a season. team. Yeah, yeah, especially for a team that is, um, you know, in, in second place fighting for their lives, essentially. Steven Adams has been out. They are they are uh, trying to figure out a way to make sure that they stay where they are and have a run during the playoffs. I'm not bothered by that. I just think that he has – he has to grow up, and he has to make some better decisions and around, surround himself with better people. And see, uh, this is what I love about the show. We all had a great coaching conversation about this. We all came to a better conclusion than Pat Beverly, who's like the kid listens to too much rap music. <laughs> which, which I thought was about the laziest thing you could come to, especially when you're a 34-year-old Listen, guy currently playing in the NBA. Hey, I don't judge anyone for anything. Yep. Just live your life, my man. I thought he wore Air Force Ones, not clown shoes. <laughs> Black Air Force Ones. Uh, great job today by our producer engineer, Matthew Rocky. Thank you. Pleasure. Brooke, this was fun again. Yes, it was. It was a happy Friday Eve, CD. My man. No, it's, it's not happening. <laughs> it's you not did happening. it, though. You, you, got, you got, you got to ready. say it. Uh, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Don't forget that the guys uh, from BK and Ferrario and the Fast Lane are out at Max and Alton tonight. And you'll be able to hear First Round Action tonight at 6 here on 101 ESPN. For all of us, we thank you for tuning in, texting in, and being a part of the show. Till tomorrow morning at 7. Have a great day, St. Louis. That's right. You've been listening to the Opening Drive Podcast on 101 ESPN and ESPN.com. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers.